Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio of the net. Kicking down the walls. Blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches. And you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Radio show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to cooperativeradio.com. I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Say hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. All right, what are we talking about this evening? Well, our level's at 75, and you did hit red. Good. And there's a little background noise. Oh, yeah, it's going to pick up the background noise for sure. <laughs> yes. Sorry um, about that. That's because I had to set uh, windows 10 decibels higher than it was. Yeah, I know. You love Windows. I hate them. Passion, I hate them. <laughs> okay, so we start the show with the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, we will tell you the truth about Steve Bannon. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been listening to all the pundits, the talk show hosts, conservative, otherwise, callers calling into the shows. They're idiots, right? They right. got this completely wrong. Yeah, I went and looked it up. I wanted to find out why Steve Bannon was fired. Steve Bannon wasn't fired. He resigned. And he did not say he was going to war with Trump. Well, we'll tell them when we get to it. Okay, and we'll, did well, you, I'll read it to you. Okay. Do you know what the Conway cabal was? Wait till you hear this. This is probably going to take up the whole rest of the show because it's very long and it's very in-depth. Then regulation sucks and nobody talks about the Conway cabal. You didn't even know about it in history. Moving along. Planned Parenthood versus states' rights, and we will debunk marijuana myths if we get to any of this. Great planning. If we get to any of this. All right, Patriots, hand over heart, face the flag, get on the flag, get a flag, or make a flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, start starting off. Um, if you're listening to this and you want to interact with the show, but you don't feel like calling, there's a chat room at uncooperativeradio.com. Just in the little player thing, you'll see it looks like a bubble, like a chat. Click on that, 
and you can interact with the show that way. All right. As far as calling in, I think it'll work. We'll see. Well, it tested okay. Just it doesn't ring when someone calls. It go does the, the, the ringing noise, but it pops up right in your face. So no, oh, that's good. That'll work. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you're hearing noise in the background, that's because we're running the generator and all the windows and doors are open because it's 80-something degrees outside and it's hot in here. We're in a big tin can. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I'm sure, I know there's background noise because every time uh, I do this, I have to go in and clean it up. All right, the truth about Steve Bannon from Gateway Pundit. I know you've all heard from all the talking heads that he's at war with Trump. And I'm like, how the heck could he be at war with Trump? He's not at war with Trump. Former Chief White House strategist Steve Bannon isn't going anywhere anytime soon. In fact, the 63-year-old Virginia native is gearing up to defend President Trump against forces he believes are the enemies of America. He's going to do what? Defend Defend President Trump against the forces he believes are the enemies of America. And everyone's saying he's going to go against... Donald Trump. I know. They, I don't know idiots. how these idiots come up with yeah, Because they listen to other idiots. They don't research anything themselves. That's how that happens. And they're, you're filling in for the great one. You should do better, uh, whatever your name is. Something like great or fabulous or whatever. Uh, you weren't. You're not in that Cunningham. Sorry. Yeah, that's who it is. I don't like Cunningham. I never have. But the, the fact that this is coming, that's all fake news. And they're reporting it. It's right. absolute fake news. Right. Because when I first heard it, I said, there is no way on God's green earth that Bannon is going to go against President Trump. And he wasn't planning on staying there anyway. You didn't know until I told you. No, no. I was saying, to, when I was listening to them, I was like, this this is can't, this can't be real. Yeah, you, you must not have said that because you have a computer and you didn't look it up. Well, I wanted to see if they were going to change their tune or, or a caller was going to call in and correct them. By that time, I already told you the correction. I told you what it was. Look, Bannon didn't. He didn't. He didn't even think he was going to stay there that long. Oh, he said about this long. That's how long he's going to stay there? About eight months. Uh, anyway, and he issued. You know, he turned in his resignation like weeks ago. He's not fired. If there's any confusion out there, let me clear it up. I'm leaving the White House and going to war for Trump against his opponents. On Capitol Hill, in the media, and in corporate America. Bannon said Friday in an interview, hours after his departure was announced by the administration. While reports of now former White House Chief Chief White House strategist Steve Bannon leaving the Trump administration have been circling for months, Friday was the day those rumors became reality. While Breitbart News is reportedly plotting to go thermonuclear against globalists inside the Trump administration, Bannon may be personally gearing up to take on the Drudge Report's Matt Drudge. If Matt Drudge is against uh, Trump, then I've been right about him all these years. He's a hack. According to the former Trump aide, Sam Nunberg, Bannon believes Drudge accelerated his White House exit, driven by continuous negative coverage. See, can't trust Matt Drudge. He... He's supposed to be a conservative. He's supposed to tell all the news, to print all the news that's fit to print, right? How come he's only doing negative news on Trump? Another idiot, never Trumper. I'm sorry. 
I lost complete respect for a lot of people because of that never Trump nonsense. I mean, seriously. No, I don't hate anybody. I don't. I didn't like cut anybody off or anything. But I, I lost respect for them. And Matt Trudge, I didn't really have a lot of respect for him to, to begin with because he never, never, ever, ever, to me, seemed like a conservative. He lucked out on some stories that got famous on the internet. He has a really sloppy site. I hate going to it. Uh, and so I don't. I'm probably the only talk show host that doesn't get any stories from the Drudge Report. Not one. Like I said, his website is an utter mess. It's a cluster. You know what? So, I hope he rips the crap out of Drudge. Uh, where was I? Um, Matt Drudge worked to remove Steve Bannon. That is the reality, said former Trump campaign advisor Sam Nunberg, who regularly talks with Bannon. And I hope Matt is happy because his work helped Bannon not to be in the West Wing. But it helped Democrats and people that didn't vote for Trump be in the West Wing. Nunberg is specifically frustrated with the continued presence and influence of Chief Economic Advisor Gary Cohn, National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster, and the duo he derisively calls Javanka and Jared Kushner, and Ivanka Trump. Bannon has openly feud with Cohn, and Breitbart has for weeks been waging a battle against McMaster. Both of which, McMaster, I said, had to go, and I don't hear it yet, but Rex Tillerson has to go. Kushner developed a relationship with Drudge dating back to the campaign, and Bannon allies also blamed the son-in-law for his ouster. People close to Bannon say Bannon privately hoped Kushner would go down over the intensifying Russia investigation. But a source close to Kushner said, anyone who thinks you can tell Matt Drudge what to do and have influence over him does not understand Matt Drudge. I think you hold Matt Drudge up on a pedestal that he doesn't belong on. He just, he, sorry, he's not a real journalist. He, all the stuff he puts on his webpage, he gets off the net. He's not an investigative journalist. When I blogged, I used to do investigative journalist work. I would really, really investigate things. Not just put up a link like you do on social media. But Matt Drudge is nothing but a news clearinghouse for conservatives, but... I, I wouldn't waste my time on the page. It's just been there more than once, been there, done that. Don't like him. Don't like his page. Don't understand why he's so popular. Media relationships are important in the White House, Nunberg said. And the fact that Drudge hasn't given Breitbart a hyperlink in months and didn't like Bannon hurt him. It's not lost on Steve or Breitbart staff that Drudge was... Out for Steve Nunberg, for Steve, Nunberg said. Well, there you go. And all the backbiting you want to hear about, there it is. That's the backbiting. And uh, no, he's not going after Trump. He's going to help Trump. He's going after his enemies. You know what? We need people out there going after his enemies because they're way too new, numerous. And a lot of them are so-called conservatives. And some are called Republicans. I say called because if you ever read their platform, they don't follow it. 
all right. So now you you can you can feel better. You take three deep breaths and go. Why is everyone reporting this the wrong way? What's wrong with people? Yeah, well, don't listen to the idiots. All right. I I tell you not even to trust me. Don't, definitely don't trust them. And as you can see, how people can get this story wrong and all these people run for with it, I don't get it. Pulled things off other people's shows. What's going on? Or oh, did Matt Drudge have the wrong have this on his site that he's just wrong? Uh, could be. Uh, anything's possible. I don't know. These people seem like they don't really do enough of their own investigative journalism. And I know we're not technically journalists, but my job is to feed you the truth, not rumors and not falsehoods. I try very hard not to do that. And when I do. I tell you I did, and I apologize, and I correct myself. All right, the Conway Cabal, a little history here from the American Her- from American Heritage. Thomas Conway came from an Irish-born Catholic family that had fled to France because of English oppression when he was six. Remember, uh, France was still Catholic controlled by the Catholic Church. He served for years in the French military and also under the legendary Prussian Frederick the Great before coming to America. To increase my fortune and that of my family in 1777, when he was 42, he made a good first impression on Washington who found him a man of candor, infinitely better qualified to serve us than many who have been promoted, as he speaks our language. Washington's new aide, the Marquis de Lafayette, who barely had turned 20, advised his commander, General Conway is a so brave, intelligent, and active officer that... Stupid screen. That he shall... Really? Yeah. How do you... Is that supposed to be shall? Yeah. That's okay. old English. <laughs> S-C-H-A. I don't think that's old English. I think that's typo. Uh, I'm sure justify more and more the esteem of the Army and your approbation. On May 13, 1777, Congress made Conway a Brigadier General. He fought well at the battles of Brandywine and Germantown and became the idol of the whole Army. In other words, of Dr. Benjamin Rush of Philadelphia. Now... This is, in case, I know our listeners are smarter than this. Don't say anything that we haven't read yet. No, I'm not. This is about the Revolutionary War and George Washington. Uh, I'm sure they'll get all this, isn't I think we already discussed it was Washington. <sighs> Never mind. But things soon soured. Washington was not impressed with Conway's performance at Germantown and even considered court-martialing him. According to another young aide, John Lawrence, because Conway was a considerable time separated from his brigade. Conway further disenchanted his admirers by lecturing them on what the great Frederick would have done had he been in the untutored American's place. Untutored American Washington was a, was an officer in the British Army. He fought the French and Indian Wars. How do, how, do you, how do you get untutored American? 
Conway had an I told you so look with bulging eyes, pursed lips, and pinched little chin perched on a long neck that loomed up from slumped shoulders like a scalding Ichabod crane. The animosity simmered along until another ingredient was added, General Horatio Gates, who was on top of the world at the moment. In October 1777, Gates Continentals defeated and captured John Burgoyne's entire British army at Saratoga. It was the greatest victory to date, hundreds of miles away from Washington, and his string of unbroken defeats from around Philadelphia and light years away politically from Congress, which now sat in York, Pennsylvania, having fled there because Washington could not even keep the national capital out of British hands. Across the Atlantic, news of Saratoga would tip France into an official alliance with America four months later. After Saratoga, Gates basked in the victory's glory. Deluged with congratulatory letters, including ones from Lafayette and Washington, his commander-in-chief wrote, I do myself the pleasure to congratulate you on the signal, it's supposed to be signal, single, that's signal. Why, these writers suck. I'm tired of trying to fix it on the fly. Single success of the army under your command. Lafayette was... Very desirous, sir, to convince you how I wish to cultivate your friendship. Gates had been in command less than eight weeks before Burgoyne surrendered, arriving just in time to calm the lion's share, claim the lion's share of the victory. General Philip Schuler had done most of the planning, and Benedict Arnold and Daniel Morgan had done all the fighting. Facts barely discernible in Gates's dispatches. At 50, Gates was five years older than Washington and had more military experience being a former British officer. So was Washington. What, what, I know. What is going on? With these? I know. But it's history. Was. It's history. It's history. Look it up. And that's one of the reasons that uh, Benedict Arnold did turn on us is because of how Gates treated him. And um, who else? I think uh, Schuler. although Schuler was a really good guy. We did him and his, and his wife on the Women of the Revolution. He was a very good general. But yeah, Gates like trash Benedict Arnold, and that was one of the reasons. Experience being a former British officer who had moved to America from his native England only four years before the Revolution. Both had served under General Edward Braddock and been... Please don't do that. If I can hear it, everybody can hear it. Both had served under General Edward Braddock and been with him when he was killed at the disaster of Fort Duquesne. Du- I can never say this one right. Duquesne. No. Duquesne. Yeah, Duquesne, I think. Yeah, Duquesne. I don't know. It's French. In 1755, Gates had been wounded and Washington himself was nearly killed during the revolution. Oh, wait. Sorry. It's stupid screen. The screen is, uh, I don't know what you call it. Got something growing in it. Um, during the Revolution, Gates' men called him Granny because of his fussiness. Gilbert Stewart's superb portrait of him shows warm, sad eyes. Right his life have been able to bear 
with him long enough to complete it. Okay, it should have said, had his eyes, sad, oh no, sad eyes, write his life. No, I can't, I can't even fix it. Sad eyes, write his life, have been able to bear. Have no idea. That's supposed to be a quote, I doubt it. Gates' singular success, oh, this time got it right, served to magnify Washington's mediocrity in the eyes of Congress. Only six members still remain from 1775, when the body had elected him commander. As few as 15 new faces bothered to show up for sessions. Some began believing Washington had been justified when, upon accepting the job, he pleaded, quote, a conviction of my own incapacity and inexperience, end quote. As failure mounted, he pointed out that he had never assumed the character of a military genius. Among prominent citizens inclined to agree were John and Samuel Adams, Richard Henry Lee, Benjamin Rush, and particularly Thomas Mifflin, Washington's unhappy quartermaster general. James Lavelle of Taxachusetts also was not in Washington's camp and wrote mooning letters to Gate wishing he were in charge, as did Rush. Okay, what does it, well, why are we doing this? No, no, Susan. No, not no, yet? No, Susan. You gotta tell me. No. With teasing allusions and shadowy inference, Henry Lawrence, the new president of Congress, wrote his son John about purported intrigues. Since John was an aide in Washington's youthful circle, the warning surely was passed on to his chief to bore like pine needles into Washington's tormented psyche. Henry Lawrence wrote that there was one man in particular, unnamed, whose idleness, duplicity, and criminal partialities in a certain circle laid the foundation of our present deplorable state. Deplorable? Talking to Hitler? Was she alive back then? <laughs> and he added that this was somebody Washington trusted for whom he held the most favorable sentiments. Henry Lawrence discerned agents from our enemies, if not within doors, yet too closely connected with some who sat there. I will attend to all their movements and have set my face against every wicked attempt, however specious. Such warnings preyed on Washington. Who were these false friends? Mifflin, his first aide at the start of the war, Richard Henry Lee, a fellow Virginian, John Adams, who had nominated him for command, Samuel Adams, who had seconded the motion, surely not solicitous Dr. Rush, the Army's surgeon, until an anonymous letter crying for Washington's replacement was passed along to the general. Sadly, after having always received the strongest professions of attachment and regard from his surgeon general, Washington recognizes Russia's handwriting. Lafayette consoled the man who had become his spiritual father in words that reflected their glowing bond. He called Washington's detractors stupid men who, without knowing a single word about war, undertake to judge you, to make ridiculous comparisons. They are infatuated with Gates without thinking of the different circumstances. The young Frenchman made his own allegiance clear. I am now fixed to your fate, and I shall follow it, and sustain it as well by my sword as by all means in my power. You will pardon my imp. Opportunity, youth and friendship 
make perhaps myself too warm, but I feel the greatest concern of all, what happens since some time with the most tenderest and profound, profound respect, I have the honor to be, dear General, your most obedient, humble servant, Lafayette. He was a great man, too. Yes, he was. He loved this country. He just what was it to love? It was timely. Oh, she wants to point out the par- parallels that I'm sure you already did. No, I bet you Trump didn't. and Bannon. No, Trump and everybody. No, Lafayette <laughs> being Bannon. Okay. Bannon's going to war with his tools. Like Lafayette, with his sword and all else. Right, and all the people that are against George Washington are just like everyone that's around President Trump. Doing the same thing. They Working did behind the- his back. Yep. Mm, there's nothing yep. nothing worse than someone that says something to your face and then something else behind your back. Those people don't deserve to even be your friends. And if you're stuck with them in your family, I, I would hope they'd be distant. So this has happened before to another great man. Yes, but... What? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? We were still the colonies. But again, all Not the United uh, States of America. Yet. Right, Sorry. that's true. But still, these men are around him. They're they're gonna they're trying to bring him down, like everyone's trying to bring Trump down. Right, I already said that. <laughs> it was timely, supportive letter, and his childlike tone, that of a man struggling with English, only enhances its heartfelt beauty. It obviously touched Washington, and he momentarily turned philosophical. It is much to be lamented that things are not now as they formerly were. But we must not, in so great a contest, expect to meet with nothing but sunshine. If you will give me your company in Virginia, we will laugh at our past difficulties and the folly of others. The eruption came when Gates's aide, James Wilkinson, bragged to an aide to General William Alexander, Lord Sterling, about a letter Gates had received from Conway. Sterling, smarting over remarks Conway had made to Congress about his own drunken ineptitude, passed the bit on to Washington as an example of wicked duplicity of conduct. Washington exploded. The next day, Conway received a fire and ice letter from his commander. Sir, a letter which I received, misspelled, I before he, except I have to see it sometime, I don't know. Last night contained, uh, contained, <laughs> who's, the, where did you get this? Who's the author of this piece of crap? Are you sure it's even, uh, it's even correct? Yes. He I, can't spell. Uh, yeah, it is correct. He can't even follow a spell checker telling him to check his spelling. <laughs> contained as an E between the N and the D, sir, madam, whatever you are. <clears throat> so it contained the following paragraph. In a letter from General Conway to General Gates, he says, Heaven has been de- Every sentence is screwed up. Every sentence in this paragraph has been wrong. Heaven has been determined, not determined, to save our country or our weak general and a and bad counselors would have ru- ruined it. I, I am, sir, ye... I'll be seven. 
It's short, I guess, for I'm, I'm, I'm sir, your, your humble, humble, humble servant. servant. And with that, let's do this. Couldn't even do counselors right. You can't spell counselors I right. I think it's in the old language, Brian. No, I know old English. It isn't. Trust me on this. What do you got to do? Push the button? Go to commercial? Oh, we're going to go to commercial. Tell Quab the radio show. You stay tuned, because we'll be right back. <laughs> The path to restoring our republic was laid down by our founding fathers. The principles of freedom, liberty, personal responsibility, and limited government are conservative ideals we will never abandon. America is listening. Grassroots. Common sense. Conservative talk radio. It's on the internet. Tune in now. Red State Talk Radio. Featuring some of the most popular internet talk show hosts in America today. Are you listening? RedStateTalkRadio.com at 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800 What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the term lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the student loan helpline now. 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 
800-215-6813. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Back to the Doug Quabbit Radio Show, our half of one. Whee. Okay. Back to the Conway corruption and poor spelling. But nothing. The abbreviations I can understand. Well, no, because different abbreviations. Yeah, but the, the reason I'm saying that is because the the misspellings are in within the quotes. They're within the quotes. That's, okay, okay. So you're telling me he didn't know how to spell? Because I'm, I'm sorry, you. I'm telling you, contained is, was never spelled that way. And determined? The old address had to do with adding a U with the O, with like behavior, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like our behavior, only with a U added to it. And this is something else. I've never seen this before, so this is the spelling. Anyway, uh, Conway wrote back that although he had made some critical remarks about the Army, I believe I can assert that the expression weak general has not slipped from my pen. He said he was willing to have Washington read the original letter in Gates's possession and added, I defy the most keen and inveterate, I haven't seen that word in a long time, inveterate, detractors, to make it appear that I lev- leveled at your bravery, honesty, honor, see, that's right, patriotism, or judgment of which I have the highest sense. I get the sense this guy doesn't have a good grasp of English. Just because... Just, well, he went to France when he was six years old, dear. Yeah, I know. So he's struggling with the English language. Right. Okay. Right. But now he's saying he didn't say all that stuff that they're saying he said. Again, leaking. <laughs> well, Conway is claiming he didn't do it. Now, we know it's called the Conway thing for something. Conway cabal. Right, so we know he's lying, right? Just like all the people around Trump are lying. Yep. They're not telling what he, what they're really doing, what they really think, and that they're working against him because they don't believe in his agenda. They're not going to tell him that because they're idiots. They should believe in his agenda. Closer to man, it's amazing, closer to man than anybody else, and they don't get his greatness. Because they're pol- political hacks, that's why. And no, say what you want to get about Bannon. He wasn't asked to leave. No, He's, he wasn't. He turned in his resignation like he said he was going to do. And Bannon was not a political hack. No, and he's going to fight his, now he's going to fight Trump detractors. Because Full he was, time. Because he was on the inside and he got the scoop. That's not it. He <laughs> just has now, he has time. It's, you know, he's a little busy as, you know, in charge of whatever he was in the cabinet. But uh, now that's why he did it. Now he's free to use all his tools to defend Trump. And get the real truth out. And that's good. That's We need someone to do that because there's a lot of people out there buying into all this crap about Trump. Which are just lies upon lies upon lies. Alright. Where was it in this? Cabal. Cabal. Uh, patriot, uh, honor, patriotism, or judgment of which I have the highest sense. See, I wish you... Not, do, not interrupt me in the middle. 
Your modesty is such that although your advice is commonly sound and proper, you have often been influenced by men who were not equal to you. In a later reply, Codway stood on his tiptoes in wounded protest. Other officers were free to express their opinions, why not he? Must such an odious and tyrannical inquisition begin in this country? Must it be introduced by a commander-in-chief of this army raised for the defense of liberty? It cannot be, and I am satisfied you never had such thoughts. He followed this with an incredible slap, referring to himself as a veteran sailor of 30 years and Washington as a new admiral. An old sailor knows more of a ship than admirals who have never been at sea. Again, he was an officer in His Majesty's Army. Look it up. Conway then wrote to Congress, offering his resignation mainly because of his lack of promotion, but also mentioning his falling out with Washington. Washington had wished the matter to remain private. After stating that only Congress could make such a decision, the general, with an icy formality, one can only imagine, responded, I shall not object to your departure since it is your inclination. He doubtless agreed with Conway's own words that he could serve more effectively in another part of the world. But Congress did not accept Conway's resignation. Instead, it promoted him to Major General over 23 American officers senior to him. In a series of decisions remarkable in their heavy-handedness, Congress set up a new board of war to oversee Washington, with Horatio Gates as president. Conway was to be oh, Gates's Mueller. <laughs> Conway was to be Washington's new inspector general. The Virginian had, after all, called for help. If any new source can be open for alleviating our distresses, now would get more than he bargained for. Henry Lawrence later wrote soothingly to Lafayette, his prior letter to his son notwithstanding, that no one in Congress wanted Washington's head, not one soul. If he has an enemy, a fact which I am in doubt of, the whole amounts to little more than a tittle-tattle. In a word, sir, be not alarmed. I think it is not in the power of any junto to lessen our friend without his own consent. On learning of Conway's elevation, Washington fired both barrels at Richard Henry Lee over, quote, as unfortunate a measure as was ever adopted for the morale of his officers. Conway's importance in this army exists more in his own imagination than in reality, for it is a maxim with him to leave no service of his own untold. He added a poignant note that may be read as a threat of resignation. I have been a slave to the service. I have undergone more than most men are aware of to harmonize so many discordant parts, but it will be impossible for me to be of any further service if such insuperable difficulties are thrown in my way. He later wrote a friend that he hoped that those who come after may meet with more prosperous gales than I have done and less difficulty. This is all happening in the middle of a major war. 
Yeah, like now. I mean, I mean, people are dying. Islam. This is like, this is nothing to be trifled with. My goodness. People are dying. Refugees. Immigrants from the Middle East. Killing, raping, harassing, intimidating our own citizens. And our government did it to us. They purposely did it to us. I hope you, I hope you Democrats out there, if any of you have a D after your name or you just vote D, you're an idiot. Just change the party's name to Socialist and then go ahead. Be done with it. Be a socialist and admit it. Don't tell me you're a Democrat. You're not a Democrat. There is no Democrat party. There's no Republican party either. Right. That's the right wing of the progressive movement, except for a handful of people. Liberty, except for the Liberty Caucus, everyone up there is worthless. I'm sorry. If they're not part of the Liberty Caucus, they're worthless. They don't want liberty? Really? They don't want smaller government? Really? Have you read the Republican platform? Really? <laughs> they don't follow it at all. Well, the other thing with that, Brian, is the Congress, the Continental Congress that's in right now, they changed every year, right? I don't remember. I had I, Articles of Confederation, the, the, the Continental Congress, then finally the Constitutional. It, there was a lot going on there. I don't think it was every year. It might have been. Yeah, I think it is every year. And They didn't last that long once 1776 happened. And what, what, what was the Articles of Confederation? 1777. That's what I was going to say. That's when the story started, 1777. Right. But they're saying that all most of the people that were in this Continental Congress were not there when they voted in George Washington. That's why this was so easy to do. Right. Makes sense. That's a year, right? Yeah, I've memorized all of history. Come on. And that that information, I would never bother putting that in my memory box. Yeah, because it's more important to understand it. Right. Understanding history means you're doing good. You're not going to make any mistakes that other people have made in the past because you've learned from them. You know, but look at how, look, look at this. You know, George Washington was under a lot of stress. Yes, he was. And he was trying to fight a war, and these guys are fighting. It oh, is trying exactly. to fight a war with not enough Money, clothing, ammunition, food. weapons, food, at one point, shelter, heat. At one point, ladies and gentlemen, you don't. Not everybody knows this. Well, I do a show with another. Um, she's a self-taught scholar, and uh, well, so am I. <laughs> and so are you. And she's a she's a great researcher, and so are you. But at one point, this is how bad it was. Number one, the, everyone was asked to grow marijuana, hemp, okay, for the war effort. Number two, at Valley rope. Forge, and then Valley Forge, when he was there, a Native American woman, which was um, part of the, 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 the chieftain council of the Oneida Nation, fed the Continental Army at Valley Forge. Yes, did you know that? No, you didn't, because you don't know all the wonderful women that women that helped in the Revolutionary War. But she did. She brought in her stores of corn. They donated it to, to George Washington, and she taught them how to make the meal. She stayed with them the entire time they were at Valley Forge. Sorry, I'm watching dragonflies eating bugs. I like that. So less bugs, more dragonflies. That's how des- that's how bad our army was, as far as food and clothing go. And we didn't have a Navy. It, 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 it isn't going to be... Thomas Jefferson started it, and John Adams finished finally creating the Navy, the ships for the Navy. It took a while to build all the ships. 
We we did have some ships, but they were privateers. They were private owners. Well, actually, we did the signers, the wives of the signers of the Constitution, and of the sorry Declaration of Independence. And uh, the last one we just did was North Carolina, and James Hughes H E W E S was set to be the first um, commander of all those different um, ships that they had. And yeah, he donated... But that's a well, it's not a Navy. Well, that's what they it called him. They no, called him a they Navy. They did not call it a Navy. They did. They, he was the, the head director of the We did not have Navy. a Navy complete until Adams. It's a long way down the road. What we had was a bunch of privateers. We had some people that had ships, like, and he donated. like Samuel Adams. Yeah. But we did not... They, they had to be... Equipped with cannons, they had to be equipped with marines. There was an incredibly a whole lot of crud that had to go on. And no, we did have the marines in the Revolutionary War. Yes, we did. That, that "Don't Tread on Me" flag is called the Gadsden flag. That was the Marine Corps flag. They painted that. The drummers had that painted on their drums. It's it's really cool. You should look it up. Uh, so that was the Marines. Now the Navy Jack was different. It was similar. Don't tread on me. And the snake was like elongated and it had almost like a, it, almost an American flag to it, like red and white, no blue. Um, and it's still the Navy Jack, I believe. But I like the Marines. Sorry. I like the Gadsden flag. I'm not a fan. I don't like the Navy flag. Then when I was, I was in the Navy. Well, Naval Academy. Anyway, where are we? Difficulty. Richard Henry Lee, right? Yep. Conceded that perhaps Conway's promotion may not have been such a good choice, since it is likely to produce the evil consequences you suggest, and he predicted that it might not happen after all. Such a sop was temporary. Conway soon rode into Washington's camp at Valley Forge as his official inspector general. He had not solicited his position, he assured Washington, and if the appointment displeased the general, I am very ready to return to France where I have pressing business. By all means, go. Well, that's what George Washington said. You'd be better off in another part of the world. <laughs> this is what that Trump was going to do to McMaster, send him to Afghanistan. <laughs> there was a rumor going around he was going to do that. Um, and replace the, the general that's there. I think his name is Kennedy. I'm not sure. No, I'm, I'm not going to be the same. Oh, I did that last show. Yeah. We, he was, I think it was McMaster. Yeah, I think it was McMaster. They're going to send him to another part of the world. Well, no. They're going to send him to Af- to Afghanistan and or Iraq. Probably Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Um, and that experience, that leadership position will likely garner, if he doesn't screw it up, his fourth star. So, it's actually in his interest to be sent to Afghanistan, militarily speaking, because he'll get a promotion. And get the heck out of my hair. Go blow things up. (laughs) Relations between them were glacial. Despite Washington's writing to Conway that his appointment has not given the least uneasiness to any officer. This was modified by I believe, and clearly did not include himself. Conway complained of a coldness, as I never met with before from any general during the course of 30 years in a very respectable army. France, really? In Spartan candor, back then they had an army. 
and sparkling candor, Washington shot back at Congress. If General Conway means by cool receptions that I did not receive him in the language of a warm and cordial friend, I readily confess the charge. My feelings will not permit me to make professions of friendship to the man I deem my enemy. Washington wrote to the President of Congress that a malignant faction had been for some time forming to my prejudice. My enemies take an ungenerous advantage of me. They know the delicacy of my situation. How could he defend himself without disclosing military secrets? At this lowest moment in his career, Washington could offer Congress nothing but good intentions. My heart tells me it has been my unremitted aim to do the best circumstances would permit. Yet, I may have been very often mistaken in my judgment of the means and may, in many instances, deserve the imputation of error. Washington's aide, Tench Tilgman, 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 okay, never saw that one before, noted at the time, I have never seen any stroke of ill fortune affect the general in the manner that his dirty, underhanded dealing has done. Washington's disaffected former aide, Thomas Mifflin, learning of the weak general bombshell, warned Gates that Washington had an extract of Conway's letter. He added his own opinion that Conway's evaluation expressed just sentiments. Chagrined, a now defensive Gates, wrote Washington expressing mildly persuasive shock over finding his private letters being stealingly copied. But which of them, when, and by whom is to me as yet an unfathomable secret? Oh, you mean like the transcripts of uh, Donald Trump talking to foreign leaders? Like uh, Comey, the homie, talking on Congress saying that he considered his memos private property and therefore had the right to release it to the press as he, as he deemed fit. And that everyone should be glad Mueller was appointed. Everybody should take solace that Mueller is, is the one doing the investigation. Uh, no one takes solace in you, homie, and no one's going to take solace in you. He's a piece of crap just like you. We know his political standing. We know the people he brought in. We know he's on a witch hunt. He knows there is no collusion. First of all, a criminal investigation cannot include collusion. Collusion is a, a civil matter. It is not a legal. It is not a criminal matter. So on its face, the whole the whole appointment was ridiculous. And as far as now going into whether he, you know, got uh, what uh, obstructed justice, this has already been said, said, and said over and over again. You can fire the FBI director all you want. It doesn't stop any investigation. However, he could have asked at any time for the investigation to be stopped, and they had to do it. Because guess who's his boss? Something he forgot. Yeah. Donald Trump is his boss. The FBI doesn't run the president. The president runs the FBI. But see... He's used to running the president, not the other way around. And he liked Obama's agenda. He doesn't want Trump's agenda, obviously. He's a progressive, a moron, a globalist, looking for his spot in the global socialist government that he's trying to help instill. Because everybody knows that Donald Trump is going to do the opposite of get us involved more with the U.N. It's going to be less, not more. I wish you'd just kick them off the island and say we're not giving any more money. You know, they're all power-hungry bastards and bitches.
it's power, it's money, it's it's also the the, the sick and like the ped- pedophile gate and all that. Those things are real. These people are creepy, evil demons. They're disgusting. Or as one book would have called them, shadowing. Disgusting, disgusting, disgusting. They all need to be... Why aren't they perp-walked? Why aren't they in jail? I would be. You would be. Our listeners all would be. That's probably because he's got so many people that have not been appointed yet to the government. He's running the Obamanist government right now. I know. Again, it's disgusting. And that's Congress's fault. It is. Specifically, the Senate. Old MacDonald. Yeah, old MacDonald had a Senate. E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> I could go on a hey, farm. Look, I'm he sorry. loved his donkeys. E-I-E-I-O. I'm didn't sorry. Like, didn't like the elephants. Didn't like the elephants. Is he didn't from like Kentucky? Elephants, elephants, elephants. I believe so, yes. Well, then I blame the people of Kentucky. Well, I do too. Their point is, well, what are you do for Democrat? Might yeah. as well. But what the hell's the difference it's, at this point? Really? It, it, at least then he wouldn't. He, he wouldn't have been the head of the Senate. The Democrat wouldn't have been the head of the Senate because they're the minority party. So who cares? Yeah, take up Hillary's mantle. At this point, what difference does it make? <laughs> Throw the water on her too. She says that tongue-in-cheek. She is not responsible. I, I don't want anyone to throw water on her. If you throw water on her, it will be assault and you will go to jail. Yes. They could throw water on They could throw gasoline on us. It wouldn't even make a difference. Matter of fact, it didn't make any difference in Charleston, did it? Nope. Would Washington do him a very important service by detecting a wretch who may betray me? Gates soon made the mistake of believing that wretch to be Alexander Hamilton. Oh, no, he was right. He's a wretch. He was horrible. He destroyed this country with his stupidity. And, well, along with George Washington. They laid the whole foundation for what we got today. Implied powers in the Constitution. That came directly from Alexander Hamilton, and John Adams was on board. Both of which Jefferson despised. And could not stand so much that he resigned as Secretary of State under John Adams, uh, Vice President, sorry, under John Adams. He was Secretary of State under George, George Washington. Washington. And I think he might have, he might have resigned from that too. I can't remember. But I do know that after, let's see, two terms, Washington having to put up with Alexander Hamilton and Adams, and then having to be Vice President to, that little freak. Uh, he said, I've had enough. I don't think there's ever been a vice president who resigned except Thomas Jefferson. And he resigned because of Alexander Hamilton and John Adams, both of which were statists. So Alexander Hamilton, Washington's 22 year old aide sent on a previous errand to Gates, Washington. Meanwhile, was further aroused by Gates' reference to Conway's letters to him, in the plural. The Virginian had assumed the two did not know each other. And with that, we got to go to breaks on Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. <laughs> you live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there are certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. How horrible. 
It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? And now, a message to freshman Tea Party back senators from Trent Lott and Lindsey Graham. Hello, this is Trent Lott. Uh, Lindsey and I just want you to know that we appreciate all that the Tea Party people did to bring you here to Washington. Yes, I love tea, and I dearly love parties. But now's the time we should all come together and sit down with the other side and listen to their ideas on how to move the country forward while we as Republicans take a step back and walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah, we love being Republicans, and we love conservative values, uh, probably as much as we'd love being liberal Democrats if the need ever arose. What Trent means is Republicans are always at our best when we ignore all the rhetoric and noise from back home and just do the right thing. The right thing? You know what I mean. Join Trent Lott and Lindsey Graham in bringing bipartisanship back to Washington. President Trump called me and informed me he was firing Director Comey. I told the president, Mr. President, with all due respect, you are making a big mistake. Senator Harry from Nevada says Comey broke the law. One Democratic lawmaker is calling on Comey to resign. The FBI director, okay, you violated these two protocols. That kind of an ambiguity bomb this close to election was a terrible lapse in judgment. I agree with Eric Holder. I think here, um, Director Comey made a great mistake. I call it an October betrayal of long-standing FBI protocol. Sitting FBI director has abused his power. Was acting in concert and coordination with the House Republicans. End of story. I think that uh, Comey acted in an outrageous way. Should he step down? I think he should take a hard look at uh, what he has done. Uh, and I think it would not be a bad thing for the American people. Do you believe that uh, Jim Comey should resign, Senator Reid? Of course. The answer is that he resigns by midnight tonight. All I can tell you is the FBI director has no credibility. I'm Sheriff David Clark, and I want to talk to you about something personal, your safety. It's no longer a spectator sport. I need you in the game. But are you ready? With officers laid off and furloughed, simply calling 911 and waiting is no longer your best option. You can beg for mercy from a violent criminal, hide under the bed, or you can fight back. But are you prepared? Consider taking a certified safety course in handling a firearm so you can defend yourself until we get there. You have a duty to protect yourself and your family. We're partners now. Can I count on you? This safety message brought to you by the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office. I am officially running for President of the United States. Could he actually win? No freaking way! Which Republican (laughs) candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Donald Trump. There's not going to be a President Donald Trump. Trump will not be president. Trump will never be elected president of the United States. You're not going to be president. A man who will never be president of the United States. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Take it to the bank. He will never be president. Donald Trump is not going to become president of the United States. He's at plus 19. Do you think the tapes made a difference? Of course! They made all the 
difference. This race is over. Hillary Clinton has raised more than double Donald Trump, vastly outspending him. The presidency at about 89% for Hillary Clinton. Uh, your analytical model has uh, never been wrong. Now projects Hillary Clinton to win presidential election. 100% chance. You still think she has a 100% chance of winning the election? Mm. I do. And what would Donald Trump have to do to turn things around? Prayer and hope for a festivist miracle. <laughs> this is CNN's coverage of election night in America. The fight for the presidency. I think we don't care. Oh, okay, have Kentucky. Who cares? Kentucky. Don't no, care about Indiana. Don't care. Indiana with it's West Virginia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, Kansas, Nebraska, and Wyoming with its vote North Dakota and South Dakota, Texas. Uh, up and down the middle of the country, all red. Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, Missouri. Yeah, it was at 80% an hour ago for Clinton. What is it now? 68%. Okay, uh, God damn it, I'm nervous. Ohio. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, Hour 2. Back to the Conway Cabal. So, what else had been going on with no hint of apology to his commander? Gates informed him he was writing Congress, since he had no idea from what source, civilian or military, Washington had received the extract. Washington was far from mollified. He and Gates were not close, and the latter had the irritating habit of sending all his communiques to Congress, bypassing his commander-in-chief. You should have court-martialed them. I would have. Two weeks after Gates' victory at Saratoga, Washington still had not heard from him in an official capacity, as he had tweaked Gates in his letter of congratulation. I cannot but regret that a matter of such magnitude should have received me by report only. Now Washington answered Gates in a series of letters that his biographer, Henry Cabot Lodge, hailed as models of cold dignity and a calm indifference but what, in fact, bristle with suppressed fury and convoluted sarcasm. Sounds a little like Trump. Yeah, I know. I was just going to... And he said he, he, what, tweaked him? Like Twitter? <laughs> like the back then, the form of Twitter? <laughs> no, it just meant pissed him off. I know, I know. This is too much of a parallel. The Virginian first expressed... My great surprise to learn that Gates had dragged Congress into the spat, for what reason I find myself unable to account. I am laid under the disagreeable necessity of returning my answer through the same channel. Gates had asked Washington to help locate the wretch who betrayed him. Washington was happy to comply. It was Gates's own aide, Wilkinson, who fell in with Lord Sterling, Washington repeated verbatim the weak general passage to Gates twice. Washington wrote that he had kept the letter secret, not telling a single officer in his army. 
except the Marquis de Lafayette. He was a very, very helpful aide to Washington. Better than Alexander Hamilton. <clears throat> Marquis de, de Lafayette. Under injunctions of secrecy. Having thus established his openness and candor, which I hope will ever characterize and mark my conduct, Washington turned disingenuous. Knowing the opposite to be true, he stated that he had originally assumed Gates had told Wilkinson to make the letter known, with a friendly view to forewarn and consequently forearm me against a secret enemy. This enemy was that dangerous incendiary in which character, sooner or later, this country will know General Conway. But in this, as in other matters of late, I have found myself mistaken. I am, etc. In his letter to Gates, Washington was even more caustic. Gates had tried to explain that the brouhaha was surely over a wicked forgery, since Conway's original was harmless. If a bit critical here and there, it did not contain the weak general phrase. Gates further praised Conway as a firm and constant friend of America, with something warmer than calm indifference. Washington repeatedly used Gates's own words to <laughs> facetiously slay each straw man. The biographer Douglas Southall Freeman sees Hamilton's legal touch in his drafting. He began by assailing Gates's frankness. I am so unhappy as to find no small difficulty in reconciling the spirit and import of your different letters and sometimes of the different parts of the same letter with each other. Instead of whining over who leaked the damnable passage, Washington pressed, why not send the original letter and remove all doubt? Washington finished with a salvo at his bete noir. Conway, that constant friend of America, it was greatly to be lamented that the United States have lost much from Conway's unseasonable diffidence, which prevented his embracing the numerous opportunities he had in council of displaying those rich treasures of knowledge and experience he has since so freely laid open to you. It surely could not have been to any other cause than an excess of modesty. Washington finished by describing the qualifications of his heart, of which, at least, I beg leave to assume the privilege of being a tolerable judge in that department. He is capable of all the maligning of detraction and all the meannesses, meannesses? Meannesses of injury to gratify the absurd resentment of disappointed vanity. I like he used malignity. Malignity of detraction. Yep. That's what that is exactly. What is meannesses? Is? <laughs> meannesses. You know, that's exactly what the... Meannesses. This, it's it's uh, meannesses. It's the, not meannesses. It's meannesses. <laughs> that's exactly that's what the uh, lamestream media is doing right now. They are, they're having malignity of detraction. That's exactly what they're doing. I agree, but if anybody's anybody that still thinks that any news you watch on television is worth watching, 
Let me let me open your eyes. You're wrong. Go to the internet and learn, because you're not going to learn anything from the fifth column we call the Fourth Estate, which is completely run by progs, completely in bed with the progressive movement and Obamanists and Chicago and et al. The progs are winning, Brian. Well, they've been at it for over a hundred years while people just didn't pay attention. It certainly isn't the Constitution's fault that we are where we are. We didn't enforce the Constitution, so stop calling for a convention of the states. You sound like an idiot. I don't care how smart you think Mark Levin is. Some smart people do unwise things. And what he wants is unwise. And what he says can happen did happen. Oh, they had a convention. It wasn't a runaway convention. Yeah, it was. The Philadelphia Convention of 1787, also known as the Constitutional Convention, was never to create a new government. The states sent their representatives that fixed the articles of the Confederation and nothing more. They decided to create a whole new government, which caused New York to recall all its delegates. Because it wasn't, it wasn't down with a new government. It wanted the Articles of Confederation fixed, nothing more. So Alexander Hamilton stuck around to audit the class because he was a part of the New York delegation. He no longer had a vote. However, he could whisper in people's ears, twist arms. He could get on committees, influence people. And that's what he did, constantly. Constantly more powers, more more power for the state, more power for the state. We need more power. What's the first thing he did in our first government? He designed a military uniform for himself. The pompous jackass. Uh, <laughs> anyway, where was I? Where was I? I'm lost. Uh, malignant of detraction. There it is. <clears throat> All the meannesses of intrigue to gratify the absurd resentment of disappointed vanity. Things began cooling down after another exchange of letters. Gates stated that he had no personal connection with Conway nor had any correspondence previous to his writing the letter which has given offense. He, therefore, must be responsible, as I heartily dislike controversy. I solemnly declare that I am of no faction, and if any of my letters taken aggre <laughs> aggregatedly, 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 I'm saying it right, it's just spelled different, uh, or by paragraphs conveying any meaning, which in any construction is offensive to your excellency, that was by no means the intention of the writer. Gates implored Washington not to spread another, not to spend another moment upon his this subject. Interesting. They're backpedaling. He called him your excellency. He hates when people do that. He's not your ex, he's a general. But they did. I even had an argument with my I know, and John, and I know John Adams spent a whole session of Senate trying to figure out a proper name for the president that would make the rest of the world see them as equals. And uh, he wanted to give him a, you know, royalty. He wanted him to be royalty, a king. And <laughs> what Washington heard that, he told him. Stop it. <laughs> president will do just fine. I was surprised during the war that there was a lot of people that did call him that. And I actually had an argument with my co-host, Deb, on the Women of the Revolution. She's got three different books on George Washington 
uh, written back in the 30s. And she said, oh, no. That's no. not far enough back. That's after Tommy the copy of Woodrow Wilson. She's like, oh, no, they did. They, they called him. And a, a couple of the um, uh, women that we did, when they were talking with Washington, they would have him over at the house. They did as well. And I said, what the heck is going on? She says, we were still British subjects, Susan. <laughs> I'm like, that's true. <laughs> I must have told you that a hundred times. Well, no, but I just didn't think they would call, that he would even tolerate it. He didn't tolerate it. <laughs> um, and no, we weren't British soldiers because the minute the, the, the Declaration of Independence went out, we were no longer British citizens. We had exited the British Empire. So at that point, we're not all British citizens. America exit? You can't call it still a civil war, though, because it was British yes. subjects versus British subjects. Yes, it was. It was a really bad civil war. It wasn't really bad civil war, actually. The civil war was a really bad yeah, civil war. Yeah, it was war. a bad one, The too. revolution wasn't that, that nearly as bad. And that's what's wrong with all these progs and these socialists. They have no idea what they're, they're trying to stir up. No, they don't, because they forget. We have the guns and know how to use them. And you brought and up... And the a- second part's the key. Anyone could buy a gun. But you got to hit your target. You know, That's gun control. And what you said earlier today when we were listening to this crap coming from Charlottesville... Um, you said, you know, it's amazing. And you yelled at the, t- now he's not yelling at the TV anymore. He's yelling at the radio now. He said, it's amazing. Everybody, all these people had guns. Not one person was shot. Right. They complained that the, there were protesters, so-called white supremacists that were white nationalists. And I don't know what's wrong with being a white national. What's, why is it okay to be brown power and black power, but not white power? Don't we get that power too? No, you don't want the, all the brown people get the power. No. We're not let, we're, we're done with that. That's why, that's why this happened. And if the left hadn't illegally showed up to counter protest, there wouldn't have been any violence. And even with them complaining, people were walking around with weapons exposed, you know, ARs, rifles. Uh, they weren't ARs. They're, they're, you know, the semi-automatic version. Uh, there's different designations. Mine's an XM. But, you know, it looks like an AR, but it only functions as a semi-automatic. But anyway, they, they complain about that. Yet when the violence kicked off, did anybody get shot? Not one person got shot. The only person that's dead is because some crazy guy got behind the wheel and started running people over. But I'm not sure because I do not see the footage from the beginning. I want to. I like all they show you is when he's backing up through the crowd, but he had already gone forward. What 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 made him go forward in such a panic that he ran into a car and then went backwards? Was he scared? Were they attacking him? I'm just saying. Oh, by the way, anybody attacks me when I'm behind the wheel, I will run you over, and I don't give a crap what you think. Half of those people that were down to that memorial for that poor woman who got run over, which she was, wasn't she one of the Antifa? No, I, I think. No, she was just crossing the street. At wrong time, wrong place. And half the people that went there. Although didn't she even was, know her. although she well, she was a, one of the protesters. Yes. I don't know what group she was from, but I'm not Antifa. Antifa, Antifa always has black clothes, black face mask. You don't see their faces. Jokes on them. They now they can tell who you are by your ears. They're gonna have to start wearing. They're like fingerprints. Your ears are like fingerprints. Like your retinas, it, it, unique. Your ears unique. Your fingerprints unique. Oh, it's amazing. No, it can't, it must be just, you know, Darwinism. It can't be God. Really, then why is every fingerprint completely different? Why is every ear different? Why is every eye different? Why? 
Okay, and the because other because we are created as individuals. Do you get do you get my drift? Individuals. That's what God made us. Individuals, not a collective. Individuals. That's how God intended us to be. Individuals. Unique. And the reason different. that I asked what she was affiliated with is because her. Excuse me. Sorry. Her mother, who I don't know her. She's she could have been Black Lives Matter. They yeah, were there. Could be just supporters. But of they, any group. he wouldn't. They wouldn't take a call from our president. Are you freaking kidding me? Who wouldn't take a call from her mother? Oh, who cares a crap? Why would she? They were there to protest this existence. They think he is white hate. They think he's KKK and Nazis. The funny thing is, they're the Nazis. Yep. Antifa? Ironic. They're fascists. Just like the Nazis. Not anti-fascists. They're fascists. See, you say they're exactly the same group. What? The Nazis and... Antifa? Yeah. They're, they're, they no, might as well be well, the same. No, because you got neo-Nazi movement in, in America. That's that's different. A little different. No, Antifa's roots can be taken all the way back to um, the Germany. They were a... If you look at their flag, the flag from back in Germany, exact same, exact same design. Exactly. That's why I'm saying they're just like the Nazis. Well, the Antifa was the violent political arm of the National German Workers Party, which later became Nazi, which is National Socialist. But they were actually progressives. You know, I know every I've I've heard it on Twitter. No one believes me. Just look at the history. Now, what was the USSR? Do, 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 do. Come on. What was the USSR? It's in the name. Hint. Do you know what USSR stands for? United Soviet Socialist Republic. Socialist Republic. Socialists and Progs hate each other. Progs are elitist, socialists are dirty, dirty proletarian scum. <clears throat> That's why Nazis did Nazi Germany did not get along with the USSR. That's why Adolf Hitler invaded Russia, which was supposedly his ally. They despise socialists as dirty scum. Progressive. Elitist socialist. That's that is the Nazis. National socialism. That's what they changed their name. Nazi socialism. Although they they did that. If you go back and read a book, as someone told me, go back and read a book. They chose they, they chose socialism because people in Europe understood socialism. People in Germany understood socialism, so they were selling them socialism. They, they didn't choose a new thing they didn't understand called progressivism, but that's what they were: elite socialist progressives. Okay, there's never been a communist country closest we can get is China. They were actually almost communists. But the problem is, again, it ain't communism until the government goes away. And they didn't go away. So guess what they are? Socialists. There you go. You want pre you know what is the prequel to communism, Susan? Socialism. Correct. Circle gets the square. Alright. You're not gonna believe any of that. I don't care. Go look it up. Do your research. Your belief. Don't just I don't know. We always considered it. I don't care. Look at the facts. Understand history. There are no prescient people in the world. Our founding fathers weren't prescient, as everybody thinks. They learned from history. 
They didn't see into the future. They couldn't see. They even said in Congress, I mean, in the Constitutional Convention, we can't see into the future and know what changes may be needed to the government. So they put in, everyone wants to say, oh, yeah, so we got to live and breathe. you got to grow with the times. Yeah, well, so the Constitution does that. It's called an amendment. If you can convince enough people that it's a good idea, then you can amend the Constitution. Otherwise, you can't do it. Just legislating your way through it or just trying to ignore the Constitution is what has caused this rift in this country. A whole bunch of people are coming aware that their Constitution is under attack. Even though they don't know what it means. But they know it's under attack and they don't like it. We have a national love for the Constitution. We just assume that the government's doing the right thing and following the Constitution. The Supreme Court's supposed to be decided was constitutional or not, even though they don't have that power. Um, not constitutionally speaking. So this is the crazy world we live in. Sort of like the Conway Cabal. It's just, it. people don't know what they're doing. They think they know better than everybody else, and it always turns out they don't. Look, there is no such person that you could put into into office that is better than you. Stop thinking you're putting in some kind of saint. There are no saints. We're all sinners. And some people just like like people that get addicted to substances like alcohol and, and drugs. There are people that get addicted to power. And once they taste it, they want more. And that's what you have up there. A lot more. Anyway, back to this. Washington responded the next day, beginning nominally to paper over differences with flourishes of equanimity. I am as averse to controversy as any man. You're repeatedly and solemnly disclaiming any offense, any offensive views makes me willing to close with the desire you express of burying them hereafter in silence, and as far as future events will permit oblivion. But matters had moved past nasty letters among Washington, Gates, and Conway, with Congress a giddy audience. Even before the episode, John Adams had complained to his wife I am wearied to death with the wrangles between military officers high and low. They quarrel like cats and dogs. They worry one another like mastiffs. Scrambling for rank and pay like apes for nuts and rallying around their chief, Washington's officers at Valley Forge went to the power of the pen and beyond. Nine of his generals had already signed a petition contesting and protesting Conway's promotion. While 47 colonels had protested the promotion over them of Gates's pet, Wilkinson. These soldiers were already riled because Congress was balking and promising half pay for life to officers. Now the, fra now the factions ominously inched towards settlement by affairs of honor. Trembling with rage, Colonel Daniel Morgan physically confronted the Board of War's secretary, Richard Peters. Two days later, Peters, still smarting, wrote, I don't see how any man of feeling or sentiment can continue in a public department where every measure is looked upon with a jaundice eye. 
And, of course, all mistakes magnified into sins political and moral. An aide to Nathaniel Green, who topped Mifflin's list of bad counselors, to his weak general, suggested that a few ozes of gunpowder, I guess it's ounces, a few ounces of gunpowder diffused through proper channels will answer a good purpose. John Lawrence wrote to his father in Congress asking whether General W. is to be sacrificed to General C. Young Lawrence even raised the idea of Washington's getting into a duel. Conway's letter is even raised the idea of Washington getting into a duel, but Conway's letter is such an affront as Conway would never have dared to offer if... Washington's situation had not assured him of the impossibility of it being revenged in a private way. I hope that some virtuous and patriotic men will form a countermine to blow up the pernicious junta. Look up junta. J-U-N-T-O. It's kind of an interesting... uh, Well, back then they used this word a lot. We don't use it at all anymore, but look it up. It's kind of cool. Um, You should put it on Twitter. Make it a hashtag. <laughs> hashtag junta? Yeah. <laughs> With his political enemies beginning to run, Washington's rage grew. He was said to be amused on learning that Thomas Mifflin was resorting to quick steps to avoid a duel with an ominous stalker, General John Cadwallader. 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 What is wrong with me tonight? Cadwallader. Whose Welsh blood was on a boil. By now, Mifflin was exclaiming to one and all, met by hoots, that Washington was the best friend he had ever had in his life. (laughs) In a bit of retrograde nastiness, Washington showed young Wilkinson portions of Gates' letters that demeaned him. In the complex mass ball, Wilkinson unsuccessfully tried to divert the tattletale finger to another aide and then turned like a betrayed lover on Gates with words that made all prior recriminations seem tepid. He declared he would hasten on the wings of resentment to assert my wounded honor at the point of my sword and ratify my integrity in blood. May the God of justice help you. He did precisely that. A duel between him and Gates was set up. Just before the meeting, Gates asked his former protege, to accompany him to an alley for a last moment of privacy. Gates burst into tears, and Wilkinson's relented. Oh, the cowards of big words, like all the creeps in Washington, D.C. And All, all the, words and cowards, yep. oh, a lot of them. Lindsey Graham comes to mind. Lindsey Graham's not only a coward, he should be a homosexual, and he certainly, certainly misrepresents the South. That man does not represent... I lived in the Deep South. I love those people. That man does not belong among them. He is a fool, he is a coward, he's an idiot, and he's a progressive. I guess progressive tells you the rest, the idiot part. Yeah, and I'm so tired of everyone going, oh, poor, but, you know, Lindsey Graham's a clown, but, you know, John McCain was a hero. John McCain's a clown, too. He was never a hero. Never. Yeah, we're going to lose a whole bunch of listeners now. Read the book written by the people that were with him in the concentration camp. People that were served with him on the aircraft carrier, where he blew up a plane and... Killed 130 men. Yeah. 
While he ran away. Down into the basement. That's all he did. Jumped he, out of the ground. Ran, ran away and let everybody else do it. And his he problem. went down into the underbelly of the ship and he watched it on a cam corner. Right. While everybody else died. Right. That's and John McCain. Then, he, then when he was able to get off the deck, he got shot down. That's John McCain. Then after being shot down, he couldn't evade the Viet Cong. That's John McCain. Then after being in POW, he failed as an officer to try to escape ever. Uh, that's a requirement. That's that's a, in the Universal uh, Code of Military Justice. Uh, all officers ever have an obligation to try and escape prison camps. Been that way since World War II. He did not. He was tortured. Yes, he was. They were all tortured. He he broke, and he made the little recording that you'll never find. I'm sure. Because it's so long ago, I'm sure they got rid well, of it. They buried but he, he proclaimed that we were guilty of war crimes. That never comes out. Well, the How kind of hero is he exactly? He gave up his country. He couldn't fly a mission without getting shot down. He couldn't evade the Viet Cong. He couldn't do his responsibility to POW camp about leading. And and, and, and yeah, and he, killed, and he killed men in the most cowardly manner. Yeah. Nothing tells you to jump out of your plane and run below decks. Well, but you know what? As a matter of fact, there's a whole halon thing in the plane you're supposed to push, which puts out fires. <laughs> you know? And the and military men and the military, because Deb's kids are military, they know this about John McCain. I'm military. I know. X, of course, I'm a veteran. But they're younger than you, and they know this about John McCain. We didn't know this because, growing up. Well, they only know it because they... they they think about it from a military perspective. What did he do, really, well, that deserved co- him to be a hero? Yeah, but that, that uh, explosion on the uh, the carrier, they completely covered it up. His father was an admiral for Christ's sake. Oh, I know. And no, that never happened either. They didn't offer ever to let him leave, and he turned it down. That never happened either. It's amazing. His whole career is just a lie. Just like John Kerry. And just like John Kerry, he's an anti-American piece of crap, globalist prog. That's why. Hey, he didn't want to get, he thumbed down. He went all the way with his brain cancer to thumb down and defeat getting rid of even the skinny bill. But passing had to get rid of Obamacare. He took glee in it. You just see his face. I saw the video. The way he did it, he was evil, pure evil. And he was enjoying sticking it to Trump. So he said, "Oh, so much." He already stuck it to you, doofus. You didn't get you didn't get the nomination, duh. And when you did, you lost. So why should we give it to you again? Of course he thinks so. But we'll go to commercial break. Second cooperative radio show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. Socialists, you will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? 
Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813. 800-215-6813. 800-215-6813. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the term lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-917-2194-800-917-2194-800-917-2194. That's 800-917-2194. Okay, and welcome back to the Aquabitan Radio Show, our half of two. You know, Brian and I were talking about this at the uh, during the break. We should bring back dueling. Um, I, well, what I want is Pelosi to duel Waters. No, Maxine. you can't. They're on the same side. They, they were on the same side agree. here, too. No, they were on opposite sides. What, are you crazy? We should bring back dueling. These people want to kill my president? Go duel them. And they should be put in jail. I cannot believe everybody is calling for the assassination of the president of the United States. This is outrageous. This has never happened in the history of our from the founding up. And trust me, we have that, uh, which I'm going to play the next break, 
the attack ads. Wow, it's got smoky. Between Jefferson and John Adams. That was really bad. But no one has ever called for a president's assassination. And they think they can do this now? It's against the law. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, because no one's stopping them. Right, because the government's been infiltrated by progs and Muslims. I've been saying that forever. Progs, communists, and Muslims. All right, uh, back to Gates bursting into tears. Um, before we go on, I'm going to tell the folks because you forget really? to do this. You couldn't let me finish the sentence. A call-in number you want to do? I asked sentence. You. Okay. What did I tell you about that? Go ahead. You burst into tears. You do it. Gates burst into tears, and Wilkinson relented. You said that before the break. I don't care. I wanted to say it again. again? Okay. Conway was not so fortunate. On the following 4th of July, he and Cadwalder, Cadwalader, sorry, Cadwalader, looked down pistol barrels at each other on another field of honor. The Welshman wounded him in the jaw, the ball exiting from the back of Conway's neck, stopped his lying mouth. From that, from what Conway presumed to be his deathbed, he wrote Washington a final note. My career will soon be over. Therefore, justice and truth prompt me to declare my last sentiments. You are, in my eyes, the great and good man. May you long enjoy the love, veneration, and esteem of these states whose liberties you have asserted by your virtues. Washington did not respond. Conway recovered and lived an active life one year longer than Washington himself. What then are the truth and meaning of the Conway cabal? Was there a real plot to overthrow Washington's command? The full truth will never be known. In 1855, Washington Irving, writing his biography of Washington, found the trail cold. Of the men who showed themselves to be the enemies of Washington, we yet remain in ignorance, and perhaps ever shall be. The record of their deeds is destroyed. Only a few months after the dust settled, even Washington was trying to assign the episode to oblivion as he had promised Gates. Whether any members of Congress were privy to this scheme and inclined to aid and abet it, I shall not take upon me to say, but am well informed that no whisper of the kind was ever heard in Congress. Decades later, however, the Virginian reversed himself. The attempt was made by a party in Congress to supplant me. A congressman, Aliphalet Dyer, also denied the most distant thought of removing Jenny, Jenny, Jenny Washington. What the heck is Jenny Washington? G-E-N-I-I. Jenny Washington. Uh, oh, nor ever an expression in Congress looking that way. Judging from the private letter he wrote to Patrick Henry, Washington did believe that three men outside Congress were guilty. He wrote the governor of Virginia almost a month uh, <clears throat> almost a month after he and Gates had made their hollow peace, that it appeared in general that General Gates was to be exalted on the ruin of my reputation and influence. This I am authorized to say. From undeniable facts in my own possession, General Mifflin, it is commonly supposed, bore the second part in the cabal, and General Conway, I know, was a very active and malignant partisan. But I have good reasons to believe that their machinations have recoiled most sensibly upon themselves. 
What undeniable facts did Washington have? He never said. In his memoirs, Lafayette accused as being part of the cabal, the two Lees of Virginia, the two Adamses of Massachusetts, and Thomas Mifflin. Not Lafayette, I disagree. Conway himself was dismissed as a lost child. Lafayette was quick to point out to Washington that Conway was not really French, but an Irishman. But I mentioned that only as a remark. As for Gates, Lafayette differed with Washington, observing, It is singular that the shrewdest people did not believe that Gates was the true object of intrigue. Bernhard Nolenberg agrees in his book, Washington and the Revolution, a reappraisal, arguing that although most historians have condemned Gates for two long centuries, they have done so out of so religious a devotion to Washington as to be incapacitated from dealing fairly with Gates or anyone else in this relations with their God. Well, how would you do that? If they destroy all, all their letters, how, what, how are you going to prove it? But Washington was there. Washington was in command. Washington knows. Washington received the letters that, oh, no, I never said that. Oh, yes, you did. Washington knew. Now let us turn to Exhibit A. Did the infamous weak general letter, in fact, exist? Probably not exactly, at least in the opinion of Henry Lawrence. He was shown what historians guess was a copy of Conway's letter and assessed, it is true General Washington was misinformed. The letter does not contain the words which had been reported to him, but ten times worse in every view. What then is the episode's meaning? And as interpreted by whom? The answer, the answers have shifted over time. Before Washington Irving, the historian Jared Sparks in 1837, looked into the matter at length and concluded there had been no fixed design or concerted plan. Sparks' opinion was largely ignored by Washington's later supporters who lined up the suspected cavaliers and executed them in print over and over. It was well into this century before Sparks' un-theory gained popularity, along with the embarrassing revelation that he had a habit of altering Washington's papers. Perhaps it is not coincidental that support for Sparks' conclusion coincided with the wave of Washington debunkers that in this century followed the long reign of his idolaters. Nolenberg's book is dedicated, in his words, to exposing Washington's hypersensitiveness to criticism and morbid determination to prove himself always in the right. Traits which led him to shift responsibility to others. Okay, this is what they're saying about Donald Trump, too. And this is not, this is not true of George Washington. It was not true of Washington And to get Washington upset and really angry, you had to do a lot. The man had nerves of steel, just like Donald Trump does. This is so amazing. I don't know if Donald Trump get on a white horse and parade around in front of the enemy while they shot him. Do you him. know how many times George Washington got shot? Well... Some, his clothing, at least. Well, I know. He would have to go back to camp, and he actually had Martha be there with another with another coat because he had But he was physically untouched. Ever. His horse was shot underneath him. Out from under him. Yeah. He was never, ever shot or wounded. Well, he was shot at, but he was never wounded. And even as they were, like you said, the bullets were flying, he was in the front of him with his men. If he wasn't wounded, he wasn't shot. His clothing was shot. Well... <laughs> 
<laughs> he was shot at. <laughs> he was shot at constantly. He was standing between his men shooting and them shooting at them. Of course, he was. Of course, they were going to try and take him out. He's the general. They take out leadership. The men tend to run away. Well, you notice that Donald Trump is standing between us and all the fascists and people that want to destroy this country. It's not quite the same, but he's taken. Please, he's taken a lot. Okay, well, he's taken a lot. He's got a lot more to take. He he said he knew what he was getting in for from the beginning. So, all well, he should be should have been ready for it. I don't think anyone could know the crap that's up there. It's so deep. It is a mire. I've been talking about it for uh, 11 years now. Actually, more if you count my blog. I mean, if you ever went to Washington, they'd they'd kill you. (laughs) Well, they'd try. And you've got an extra open tab. I know. I'm working Um, on it. Where was he? Not surprisingly, Nolan Burr. Finds only a cabal of historians protecting the hysterical father of our country. Yeah, he was, by all accounts, he was a hysterical man. No, he, he was wasn't. a man of few words. He was a man of continence. He was never, ever rattled or shaken. Nope. And that's, those are facts. Yep. So this hysterical, this nonsense, this is people, these are the progs trying to take down our country. Try, they're going to take, one of their main goals is to take down our founding fathers so they can take down the Constitution. Once that happens, they can do whatever they want, and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, they would have already come for your guns. Don't think you'll have them. Oh, it happened everywhere. I know Hitler came to register their guns, then took their guns, and that's when everything went bad. The minute the government disarms the people, that's when the government gets a hundred times worse. You think this is bad? Go ahead. Give them your guns. You want to live like those people over in England, really? Or France? Or Germany? They have no right to self-defense. If they can't, they can't even speak up against some. That's hate speech. So basically, they're, they're completely castrated males over there, and the women are of no use. And that's how they want it here. We're almost there. Almost, except for us knuckle-dragging the flyover states. They're almost there. And they're not going to give up, and they're not going to stop trying to take down Trump because he's trying to make go in the opposite direction, and they won't have that. That's You can't do that. That'll be bad for the people. That'll be great for the people. Absolutely fantastic. If the government got out of every part of our lives, super-duper yay. Oh, but Alexander Hamilton... No constant admirer of Washington either had no doubt of a cabal. Indeed, a monster, as he wrote to the governor of New York, George Clinton. Hamilton had discovered such convincing traits of the monster that he could not doubt its reality in the most extensive sense. It had failed only because it unmasked its batteries too soon. As for Conway, Hamilton wrote, he was vermin. And this comes from a piece of crap that I consider vermin. Beyond the factual truth or shifting historical meaning, oh, the shifting historical meaning happens with the progressive takeover of history. That's been going on for quite a while. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Uh, I believe it it existed. And their characterization of Washington is, again, part of the plan. That has been exposed already. Pay attention. 
they will take down every founding father until the Constitution has no meaning. For students of Washington, it's a rare peak beneath his famous glacial equanimity. As George Shearer and Hugh Rankin write in their book, Rebels and Redcoats, in dealing with his enemies, real or fancy, George Washington had not always been judicious, fair, or gentlemanly. He had been ruthless, and it might be suspected perhaps a little disingenuous, but he resolved, uh, when the whisperings rose to a clamor, to silence them. And this he did without a shadow of doubt, Douglas Southall Freeman concluded. His enemies sneeringly styled him demigod, but he was in nothing more completely human than in dealing with the Conway Cabal. The biographer John Flexner saw Washington forced to stoop to protect himself from pygmies. For students of democracy, the question addresses a larger issue, that of military threats to civilian authority. An anonymous broadside titled Thoughts of a Free Man, which was foisted around during the fracas, after being literally left on the doorsteps of Congress, concluded that the people of America have been guilty of idolatry by making a man their god. As John Adams had written to Abigail about Washington before the cabal, we can allow a certain citizen to be wise, virtuous, and good, without thinking him a deity or a savior. Thomas Paine accused Adams of being part of the cabal. Adams called that a scandalous lie. Whenever it is its interpretation, the Conway cabal confirmed Washington as the indispensable man that Flexner and Freeman before him described. No one put it more concisely than Lafayette in a letter to Henry Lawrence. Speaking as one who loved him, the Frenchman lamented that Washington does not deserve that neglect. I say more that kind of insult. He asked the ultimate question, if you should lose that same man, what would become of the American liberty? Who could take his place? Certainly somebody should rise from the earth. For now I do not know anybody, neither in the south, neither in the north, neither Gates, neither Mifflin, neither Green, who could keep an American army for six months. After reflection, the politicians, the people, and the generals all agreed, there was nobody else. And that last sentiment was the best. Because he will kill. What? There's no, there was nobody else but Trump for now. There just wasn't. Well, I said that when he was running in the primary. That's why I love that the end of that essay because that's exactly what we're doing. Everyone right thinks now. Cruz would have been a great. He would have. He would have no. been. He would not have they been able have, to deal with this. They would have ruined him. They man. would have eaten him alive. Oh yeah. It, it, no, Cruz. Cruz could not have put up with this. Not in any way. That's why he's a great supporter of Donald Trump now because he realizes that it's kind of good that he was elected. Holy crap, I, right? I, I kind of dodged a bullet on yeah. that one. I bet you he says that when he says his prayers that night. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. So God always has always has a, has a reason, right? So there's a reason that it was Washington and nobody else. And during all of it, they never removed him. He never resigned. He pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, even though Congress didn't fund the army. And he took a dying army, he was freezing to death in Valley Forge, starving, took him across the river and attacked these people and 
and won. The Hessians. Won! He won! It was a Hessian camp. It was the British. (laughs) They They were part of the British Army. Doesn't matter if they were Hessians. There were all kinds of people in the British Army. They have all kinds. I mean, there was all kinds of nationalities in the British Army. Yeah, but the Hessians were the worst. That shit... They were nothing but mercenaries. They were ruthless, brutal. That's what mercenaries are. You hire them to destroy your enemy, and that's what they do. War is ruthless. What problem do you have with that? There is no rules of war. That's nonsense. That's how we get ourselves into trouble. War is brutal. Everybody in war should be brutal. The people over in the Middle East shouldn't be thinking about fighting back. They should be so afraid of us that they're quaking in their caves. That's what should have happened. But that didn't happen because rules of engagement. There are no rules of engagement. The military destroys, kill, destroy all in the name of good and God. Yes, you heard me. War, going to war for your country and liberty is a godly act. And if it was taught that way to our soldiers, we wouldn't have so many of them PTSD and shooting themselves. Of course, if we didn't allow homosexuals and transgenders in the army in the first place, we would probably cut that suicide rate down to about, I don't know, 20% of what it is now. Well, they're in the military, and they're crazy. You're going to put them under more stress in the military? You're going to get... Go get him a gun and get shot at? What are you, crazy? You know, it's really funny. Before, um... Uh, oh, what are you going to say? It's the big gay one. Have, uh, Herman Cain was on Sean Hannity's show the other day. And he said, you know, I haven't really... I didn't tell anybody this, but before Donald Trump was going to... It's over on... Why'd you touch it? Because I had to plug in the light. And I was going to put it on the floor. And I didn't want to put it on the floor. I want to put it on my head. Oh, I'll give it to you in a minute. Anyway, um, he Kerman came was on Sean Hannity. He said, "You know, I didn't, I didn't really say want to say this before, but because Donald Trump is getting so much, you know, I mean, they want to, they, they literally want to kill him." He had called Herman Kane and said, "You know, do you have any advice for me? I, I'm going, I'm deciding to run for president." And Herman Kane said, "Don't." No, he said. <laughs> That's what I would have said. He said, "You be, want my advice? Don't do it." He said, "Be prepared." to be sued at every corner and be prepared that your friends are not your friends, that they are your enemies and they're going to do everything to take you down. So you have to have you and your family prepared for this because they will ram so many lawsuits against you. And now you know why he won't get rid of his family, even though they're liberal. At least they're loyal. That's the bottom line. He can trust them. Can't trust anybody else. And I'm going to say it again. Get ready to line up someone to replace Tillerson. He's part of the problem. Speaking out the way he did against the president, absolutely never done. Never. And especially when it's mostly made up lies. You know, it's really funny, too. He, pro- I could probably sing the song for Bannon going out. Who let the dogs out? Boo, 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 boo. Because that's what he says he's going to be. <laughs> Bannon to his enemies. I, I say replace Rex Tillerson with, uh, oh, what's the guy's name now? Used to be Bolton. Oh, yeah. Let's repl- I'm surprised he's Let's not- replace yeah. Rex Tillerson with Bolton. He's, he, he's the who let the dogs out, too. Oh, he's, he, he's candid. The man, that's what I love about him. He's absolutely candid. Tells you exactly the way he feels and exactly the way the world works, the UN works. 
He knows how all of it works. I'm surprised Trump didn't tap him. And Rex Tillerson, whoever heard of the man? And he doesn't. And he has. Didn't you test his? How do you feel about global warming? How do you feel about the Paris Accord? How do you, he spoke out against go, walking away from the Paris Accord? He says he says he believes that there is man global man climate change. And then and then you got the guy from Montana, Zinky. Navy SEAL. I knew there was something wrong with that guy. I didn't. I never liked him because every email I got from him always in the name said Navy SEAL, Navy SEAL, Navy SEAL, Navy SEAL. You can't run your whole life off being a Navy SEAL. I gotta go to break. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. Some political watchers are saying this could be the nastiest, most negative election season of all time. This campaign season seems like candidates have taken dirty to a whole new level. When pundits start shouting and politicians start calling each other's names, it can seem like a return to civility is not possible. Like the very idea is a relic of some bygone, bygone era. John Adams is a blind, bald, crippled, toothless man who wants to start a war with France. While he's not busy importing mistresses from Europe, he's trying to marry one of his sons to a daughter of King George. Haven't we had enough monarchy in America? I'm Thomas Jefferson, and I approve this message because John Adams is a hideous, hermaphroditical character with neither the force and firmness of a man nor the gentleness and sensibility of a woman. If Thomas Jefferson wins, murder, robbery, rape, adultery, and incest will be openly taught and practiced. The air will be rent with the cries of the distressed. The soil will be soaked with blood and the nation black with crimes. Are you prepared to see your dwellings in flames? Female chastity violated? Children writhing on a pike? I'm John Adams, and I approve this message because Jefferson is the son of a half-breed Indian squaw raised on hoe cakes, and Hamilton is a Creole bastard brat of a Scotch peddler. The nastiest, most negative election... Candidates have taken dirty to a whole new... It can life. seem like a return to civility is not possible. Five different budget plans on both ends of the ideological spectrum failed. Five budget plans... Failed in the Senate. Among them, a 99 to 0 vote, defeating President Obama's $3.8 trillion budget request. The Democrats are afraid of their own shadow in the Senate. They even vote down their own president's budget. Only takes 51 votes to pass a budget. Democrats in the Senate refuse to be held accountable. Under the Democratic control of the Senate, for three straight years, there hasn't been a budget. We haven't had one for three years. The result of no discipline for three years is you spend $10 trillion $400 billion. Our national debt is more than $15.6 trillion. Approaching the $16 trillion mark. $16 trillion worth of debt. It's the number one threat to our national security. The longer we wait, the more difficult the solution is going to be. The federal government is now twice the size it was in 2001. National unemployment has registered above 8% for the last 38 months. There's no way Barack Obama, with a straight face, 
can come before the American people and argue that somehow he has made things better than they were when he got here. The Obama economy isn't working for a lot of Americans. People across the country know what they want. They want a healthy economy. And the Obama economy is not a healthy economy. Most Americans have soured on the economy and they've now soured on this president. 42% said he's made it worse. Independence by double digits think he made it worse. We're not where we should right. be. Obama made it worse. At a time when it's hard enough already to create jobs in America. Have policies that maximize economic growth. Supports our economy. Growing our economy. Build our economy. To help this economy grow. Create jobs. American jobs. Jumpstart the economy. Create jobs. We should be focusing on jobs and the economy. So if you're looking for a simple three-word description of the Democrat approach to the problems we face, it's this duck and cover. Operation Homefront operates programs with the goal of making a difference in military family quality of life. They serve younger families of deployed service members, typically in the ranks of E1 through E6 in all branches of the armed forces. Operation Homefront provides a wide range of programs and is dedicated to helping the families our troops leave behind. For more information, please visit their website at operationhomefront.net. King Samir Shabazz is the new Black Panther Party's Philadelphia leader. This new Panther version of Black Power does not include white participation. I hate white people. All of them. Every last iota of a cracker, I hate it. We didn't come out here to play today. There's too much serious business going on in the black community to be out here sliding through South Street with white, dirty, cracker whore on our arm, and we call ourselves black men with African garb on. What the hell is wrong with you, black man? You had a doom day with a white girl on your damn arm. You want freedom? You're going to have to kill some crackers. You're going to have to kill some of their babies. Back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, Hour 3. Hey, hey, hey. Alright, it's time for Regulations Suck. And if we get to it, Planned Parenthood versus the States. Uh, I, didn't know, I didn't put up the phone number tonight because I had that long thing to read. It's history and it's not open to dis- debate and discussion. So there's really no point in that. And, uh, this is the last hour. And you want to hear what I have to say, I'm sure. From World Net Daily. A farmer in California prosecuted under the Clean Water Act for plowing his own land without federal permission agreed to a $1.1 million settlement after the feds threatened $45 million in penalties. The Duarte Nursery was written up by the Obaminous Department of Injustice after the Army Corps of Engineers determined the pools running alongside the furrows created by plowing a wheat field were navigable waters under the waters of the United States rule, which is codified in 2015. Now, that's absolutely ridiculous. How can you navigate something as small as a, as a water 
irrigation between furrows. How do you navigate that? How do you get a ship on that? Just explain it to me, because that's what navigation means. Navigable waters means to put ships on it that can navigate for trade. Navigable waters. A trick, a, a, a thin little piece of water between two furrows in a plowed field, it, it's not navigable. Oh, but I could walk on it. You can walk anywhere on Earth, on the planet. That doesn't mean anything. You can walk on the moon. That doesn't matter. They should have never settled. I would have went down with the ship before I settled. Uh, where were we? The pools running alongside furrows. Navigable waters. The government insisted that the furrows were mini mountains that disrupted the ephemeral puddles of water in the pond, on the land. President Trump's review of the huge expansion of authority claimed under the Clean Water Act during the Obama's administration is in progress and apparently of no help to the nursery, which was represented by Pacific Legal Foundation. Oh, isn't that Mark Levin's foundation? I believe it is. Senior Attorney Tony, and they said take the, really, they told him to take the deal. Tony Francois said the Duartes would have preferred to appeal the ruling, which holds that plowing a field requires federal permission, despite the clear text of the Clean Water Act and regulations to the contrary. The CWA actually exempts ordinary farming up. Actually, the Clean Water Act is unconstitutional. Show me in the Constitution the power over water. Go ahead. The CWA actually exempts ordinary form- farming operations. The judge's ruling that the company violated the Clean Water Act is under appeal, but the penalty phase must take place first. It was during the run-up to the penalty phase, which was to begin this week, that the government threatened the massive penalties. John and his counsel remain concerned that the legal liability for farming without federal permission undermines the clear protections that the Clean Water Act affords to farming and poses a significant ongoing threat to farmers across the nation, Francois said. Anybody has water on their property. Anybody. The settlement will have Duarte admit no liability, pay the government $330,000 in a civil penalty, and purchase $770,000 worth of vernal pool mitigation credits, officials said. What is that? This has been... Difficult decision for me, my family, and the entire company, and we have come to it reluctantly, said John Duarte. But given the risk posed by further trial on the government's request for up to $45 million in penalties and the catastrophic impact that any significant fraction of that would have on our business, our hundreds of employees, our customers and suppliers, and all the members of my family, this was the best action I could take to protect those for whom I'm responsible. Why bother? You have no control over your property. The government owns you. Why would you continue to work the land for the government? Sorry, your your love of your business over the Constitution and the rule of law is depressing and unheroic. Here's an idea. Tell the government, I don't care what number you pick, go pound sand. Because, first of all, I don't even have $45 million worth of assets, so you can make that number whatever you want. I ain't going to pay it because I don't have it. 
And I would have laughed at him. There's no way this would have upheld, uh, appealed. It's just spurtling out the Supreme Court. We can't, and it should have went to the Supreme Court because, unfortunately, in this day and age, the only people anybody listens to is the Supreme Court, which is ridiculous. Uh, they're supposed to be mostly an advisory and foreign problem court, uh, not the absolute appellate of all state Supreme Courts. Uh uh-uh. uh. They're the absolute appellate while within their jurisdiction of the Article 3, Section 2. Ah, cold, nice. All right. Uh, the court will hold a hearing in about 45 days to approve the settlement. The Washington Times reported that while Trump has tried to help farmers by rolling back Obama's hotly contested waters of the United States rule, which expanded federal authority over all of the United States, it didn't happen soon enough to help John Duarte. Let me explain this. It's an unconstitutional law. They have no power to do this at all. Never when our founding fathers put that crap in the Constitution. Are you kidding me? The national government's supposed to have no power over anything domestically. Okay? That's not their job. Their job is to deal with foreign matters. Disputes between the states. Put down insurrections and defend us from insurrection. Uh, from invasion. Which... The other, Obama just actually went the opposite way and encouraged invasion. The alternative was to roll the dice in court risk a fine as much as $45 million, which would have devastated his family's business, Duarte Nursery. Located in Modesto, the report, so what? It's a business, man. This is our whole country. You're worried about your piss-ant business, really? You're just allowing them to set precedent, you see. You should have rolled the dice. Live a little. The nursery plowed a 450-acre piece of land in Tehima County in 2013 to grow wheat. But the Army Corps of Engineers claimed that the pools running alongside the furrows were navigable waters under the waters of the U.S. Codified by the Obama administration in 2015, the report said. Oh, really? Did it codify in the legislative branch? Because if it was by uh, executive order, it doesn't exist. And, he, and even if they made legislation, it doesn't exist. Because they're not allowed to legislate anything that the Constitution doesn't say they have power over. And they have no power over this. They have no power over 90% of what that thing does. And I'm being generous at 90. The feds were happy the nursery had to back down. Today's agreement affirms the Department of Injustice's commitment to the rule of law, results in meaningful environmental restoration, and brings to an end protracted litigation, said Jeffrey Wood, acting assistant attorney general. Trump was ordered to review Obama's waters of the U.S. rule. The Clean Water Act says the EPA can regulate navigable waters, meaning waters that truly affect interstate commerce, But a few years ago, the EPA decided that navigable waters can mean nearly every puddle or every ditch on a a farmer's land, or any place else they decide, right? Trump said when he ordered the review. World Net Daily reported, members of Congress have expressed disbelief that such a case could exist. But it does, moron! (laughs) Big surprise, Prague's live in denial. Senator Joni Ernst Republican Soda, Iowa, 
In a congressional hearing not confirmed from experts that the idea that the occasional puddle on the Duarte's property needed to be protected was incorrect. One witness, Misha Setzin of Wisconsin, characterized such claims as propaganda. Ernst ridiculed the government's characterization of the plowed ridges as mini mountain ranges. She pointed out that under the government's definition, 97% of Iowa would be regulated because the state would be considered waters of the United States, and her state should be counted as the most mountainous state in the Union, even though it doesn't have mountains. Former Congress, for those that haven't been there, former Congressman Richard Pombo wrote in World Net Daily Commentary that it was an opportunity for Trump to move the federal government back toward common sense. Donald J. Trump largely took the path through rural America to the presidency of the United States. Farmers and ranchers cheered at the election results last November because they felt that they now had a chance to be relieved of the burdens of the regulatory tsunami that had been unleashed on them by the previous administration. This anti-farmer regulation environment is at the core of America's ability to compete in a world economy. Was it all an illusion, or will President Trump stand up for the men and women of rural America? The case he noted is based on a set of facts that one agricultural reporter, Chris Bennett, called a Monty Python, George Orwell love child. This is the nonsense that we expected from the abominous administration, Pombo explained. Things are different now that America has elected President Trump, and they should have hung in there, because he's got to get rid of... It's just a rule at the EPA. He's ruling back all kinds of rules by the EPA. Uh, and he could do that because they work for him. Uh, uh, two other Republicans, K. Michael Conaway of the House Committee on Agriculture and House Judiciary Chairman Bob Goodlatte, wrote to Sessions raising concerns that the Department of Justice was misinterpreting congressional intent in its actions, which... Is unconstitutional. I don't care. They can't point to the Internet and a Commerce Clause for it. No, sorry. Well, I think Trump already did roll this back, but I think it was too late, wasn't it? You should have looked at the day of the article if you were going to bring that up. It was the day before yesterday. Day well, yesterday. then he hasn't done it. <laughs> he just started looking at it by quoting to this. Um, the prosecution of Mr. Duarte raises concerns that the congressional intent behind farming exemptions in the statute is misunderstood. Specifically, it is the Agricultural Committee's view that even occasional farm activities, including grazing, qualify as normal farming under the statutory exemption and also are part of the unestablished operation for purposes of the exemption. They want the Department of Justice to explain who the DOJ decided to prosecute under the Clean Water Action about the novel or strained interpretation that might be at play, or settlements that have been reached. WOTUS, Waters of the United States, I've been fighting that for years. Just like I've been fighting uh, what some conservatives think is a good net neutrality. Why are so-called conservative bloggers and such out there claiming fighting for net neutrality? you got to understand, they label everything backwards, right? So if it's labeled net neutrality, what is it really? Ah, net non-neutrality, right? 
Is that really what you're fighting for? I keep trying to explain. You don't want the government and the internet, and everybody doesn't understand this for some reason. No, we need to. No, we don't need it. No, we don't need the government to do anything. How you know why the World Wide Web is just so wonderful? It's from lack of government intervention, not because of government intervention or money. It is the lack thereof, the freedom on the internet. That's you're looking at an economy that blew up because it's like. It's like a free market. But now if the government gets in, now all bets are off. Look, they already made, now you have to pay sales tax on stuff you buy off the internet uh, because the states say they're losing money in revenue. I don't give a crap if you're losing money in revenue or not. Uh, find a different stream of revenue. Uh, but, you know, of course, under Obamanist, that didn't happen. Oh, okay, so, yeah, this is from February of this year. He wrote an executive order that... February? My God, this is ancient. No. The, the article I'm looking up about what he did about what Trump's executive order for WOTUS. There is no executive order. This for, executive order... It wouldn't be Trump's executive order. It would be Obama's executive order. What does order. Trump's executive order do? The executive order directs the EPA and Army Corps of Engineers to review the rule and rescind or revise it. It will now be up to the EPA and Corps to make this happen. Oh, that's a stupid idea. The EPA is run by progs, filled by progs that want to just destroy the economy. And they love the idea of the UN and global socialism. And they're working heavily towards it. They don't give a crap about the environment. They're political, just like the IRS. It's all been politicized. All the bureaucracies are politicized. So he did and guess which February. way they're for? They're for big government because they are big government, right? He did that in February, but I don't. he didn't go enough. No, I want to know when this article... That was two days ago. Well, then that's what you needed to say. I did. <laughs> no, you didn't. Planned Parenthood versus states' rights from the Washington Times. Oregon Governor Kate Brown has signed a landmark bill to provide free abortions for all, including illegal immigrants, aliens by requiring insurance companies to cover the procedures and putting taxpayers on the hook for the for the tab. Legislator July 5th, with no Republican votes, triggered a torrent of criticism from conservatives, along with praise from the pro-choice movement. It's not pro-choice. We're pro-choice. You, you had the right to choose not to have sex. After that, you're responsible for the consequences of your actions. Which means you don't get to have an abortion. You get to have a baby. Now you can give it up for adoption if you don't want it. But you you need to have it. We need to stop this ridiculous, unconstitutional Roe v. Wade nonsense. I'm tired. We have to take our states back from the ground up so that we can reassert our constitutional authority and enforce it upon the national government as it is it was intended from the beginning. We originally were self-ruled. We ruled. We controlled the government. They didn't control us. We control them. They work for us. Ain't like that anymore, is it? I don't know how being pro-life could be horrible. It's amazing. Only progs can be this disgusting. Thank Kate Brown for signing the nation's most progressive reproductive health bill into law today. NARAL Pro-Choice Oregon said in a statement, 
The $10.2 million Reproductive Health Equity Act includes $500,000 for abortions for the estimated 22,873 women who would be eligible for the Oregon Health Plan, the state's Medicaid program, except for their immigration status. Under the first-of-its-kind law, most of which goes into effect immediately, Oregon insurers must provide 100% coverage for abortions without co-pays or deductibles. Those covered by... Why should we have to pay for a woman's abortion? Why can't she pay for her own abortion? Why do we have to pay for it? Well, she's poor. Well, then I guess you don't get an abortion. None of us... We won't... I'm sorry. There's no good reason to have abortion clinics. If it's an emergency, it will be done, it will be done in an emergency room or an operating room. Not Planned Parenthood clinics, so-called clinics, abortion mills. The only reason for abortion is for the life of the mother. And most real women would risk dying for their child, to give their child a chance for life. But that's not, we have these people that are getting these abortions, women don't feel this way. They don't understand what they're about to do to their soul. You ask anybody. 20 years later, that had an abortion, how they feel about it. I've never had anyone say it was great. I'm so glad I did it. Anyway, those covered by Providence Healthcare, a nonprofit Catholic health Catholic healthcare provider is going to have to pay for abortions? <laughs> Why not? It's all taken over now. It's all evil. Catholicism is toast. It is. It's toast. It's been completely taken over by the devil. It's over. Lucifer's in charge. That's who that Pope listens to. Pope I listens to Lucifer. No, he doesn't listen to the God of Abraham or Jesus. He's listening to the Allah, if you ask me. Well, Allah's Lucifer. The only Oregon insurance company that does not cover abortions will have expenses reimbursed by the state. No. They can't morally allow it to happen. They must get out of the healthcare business now. But again, they're not because they the Catholic Church is just completely taken over. It's 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 ridiculous. It's it was bad when I left it, and and I left it before I went to the Air Force. All right, from World Net Daily, a, in a victory for pro-life movement, the state of Texas has restricted taxpayer funding for abortions. On Tuesday, Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed a law barring taxpayer-subsidized insurance plans and Medicaid funds from covering abortions, except for cases when the mother's life is in danger. That is common sense. That's how it should be. As a firm believer in Texas values, I'm proud to sign legislation that ensures no Texan is ever required to pay for procedure that ends the life of an unborn child, Abbott said. This bill prohibits insurance companies from forcing Texas policyholders to subsidize elective abortions. I'm grateful to the Texas legislature for getting this bill to my desk and working to protect innocent life this special session. LifeSiteNews.com reported other Texas lawmakers joined Abbott in celebrating the new law. Among them was State Rep. John Smithy, who said during the debate on the law that what we are saying here is if you want to buy this coverage, you can buy it. This isn't about who can get an abortion. It's about who is forced to pay for an abortion. 
State Senator Brandon Crichton agreed. Texas must take steps to prohibit taxpayer premium dollars from subsidizing abortions that are not medically necessary, he said. U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, also praised the law. Of course, <laughs> big surprise. Calling out Planned Parenthood by name on his Facebook page for its history of atrocities. Planned Parenthood has been subject to a series of thorough investigations by both chambers and Congress where evidence of gross misconduct, including a widespread practice of trafficking fetal body parts, directly violate federal and state law was discovered. The state of Texas took the only responsible course of action and eliminated Planned Parenthood from eligibility for state Medicaid funds. These measures were sensible within Texas's sovereign and statutory authority and necessary to protect Texans from the organization's dangerous practices. Advocates of abortion on demand opposed the move. Don't I have to do my spiel sometime? Yep, right now. Oh. See, I knew. All right, so he's sitting around drinking beer going, hey, I want to listen to this live. Okay, I'll tell you how. Go to uncooperativeradio.com where you can listen and download to all our shows for free, including live. At And if you want to do it, obviously, if you want to listen to it live, you got to be when we're on, right? All right, Friday and Saturday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Time at uncooperativeradio.com. We can also be heard on iHeartRadio, iTunes, TalkShoe, Podbeam, Blueberry, Yabba-dabba-doo, LinkedIn, all kinds of stuff. We have a Facebook page that's locked up, of course, a Facebook prison. But if you're a Facebook person, go over there and get involved and kind of stick a finger in the eye of Facebook support. If you want my private Facebook page, it's Brian Bonner 90 spell it right. My personal Twitter account is at Brian Bonner. And search for Uncooperative Radio. We have a Twitter page. I don't know how much it's been it's being uh silenced, but the discussions going on over there are pretty pretty interesting. You should give it a shot. Go over there. If you're a Twitter person, look for Uncooperative Radio. We're also rebroadcast on redstatetalkradio.com, which has two channels. A 24-7 conservative streaming talk radio. Prime and... Encore. Encore, that's it, yeah. Uh, we're on the Encore channel, Saturday and Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And through RedStateTalkRadio.com, you can hear us on TuneIn, TalkStream Live, the Roku, and Alexa has pre-programmed to to. Let you listen to redstatetalkradio.com by just asking for it. Out of the box. You don't have to, you don't have to program anything. Get, get Amazon's Alexa. She knows Red State Talk Radio. There are listener lines for each channel. They're listener lines. If you added data, you can, there's no other way to access the internet. You just have a phone. You just call the phone number. There's no charge on our end. And you can listen. You cannot talk. You can only listen. There are also call-in numbers. They're listed. Oh, oh, all this is in the right side of the webpage, the sidebar. Okay, you'll have the two players. On the players, you have the call numbers and listener numbers. The call number, if you want to call in interactive shows, the call, that's what you want to call. Anyway, while you're over there, check out Red State Talk Radio's free newsletter. It's very good. I like it, and I think you will too. So give it a shot. If you don't, just unsubscribe. We don't track it. We won't know. Don't worry about it. Uh, and our commercials, you might hear paid commercials there. We do have paid commercials. We do not get paid to air the commercials. 
We only get paid if you call the number in the ad. So if you're interested in the service or product, please write down the phone number in the advertisement because if you get to it on your own, we will not get paid and the ad agency won't get paid and that's not good for the future of Internet Talk Radio. So if you're at all interested, please call the number in the ad. Don't worry, there's no obligation to buy anything. My only obligation is to get you there. Their object is to sell it to you. If they don't make the sale, they don't make the sale. That's on them. I still get paid. And that's really what I care about most, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right. Uh, where were we now? Nancy Northup, president of the Center for Reproductive Rights. Again, uh, killing an unborn wave. Murdering an unborn baby in the room is anti-reproductive. Not reproductive, anti-reproductive. You're stopping reproduction. That's not reproductive. That's stopping reproduction. Anti-reproductive. Got it? It's not reproductive rights. Complain about the bill limiting women's access to abortion after they discover that their baby may be disabled. We don't allow, we, we're not interested in that in this country either. We don't do that. We're not going to allow you just abort a baby just because you didn't make a perfect baby. God doesn't make mistakes. Nothing said having a baby would be easy. Uh, according to the Chicago Tribune, Elizabeth Nash, a policy analyst at the pro-abortion Gutmacher Institute, told the Tribune, my sense is that there isn't any identifiable impact on these restrictions since most women pay out of pocket already. LifeSite News, well, does, see, they only care about the taxpayer dollars going to fund it, but you can fund it yourself. That's, you're right, even though I wouldn't allow it, you're right. It, it's murder. You know, I got to bring up, we've watched this series, if, if uh, conservatives out there, our listeners haven't heard of it before. It's called, it, and it ended uh, the last show we watched. It was on for three years. It's called Orphan Black. And it was amazing how pro-life this show was, especially the end. I mean, the women that were involved in it. In BBC America. In BBC America. Yeah. If you, you can get the, all the episodes, you can download them if you want. Anyway, it was really it was a nice, it was a conservative show. It really was. It had conservative messages. It had good messages. It was good versus evil. This one actress was incredible. She played every single woman that was on there. No, she, well, she played all, never mind. Okay. She, she played a lot of women. I'll tell yeah, you. she did. She played and a she lot of women. She did them all great. I mean, every, you could, every character was completely different. It was about body, clones. Body language, uh, accent tonality of the voice everything hairstyle i mean everything about each person that she played was completely unique yes unique. I mean, it was amazing she's an amazing actress yes she was and she, she is. was she, she is, is. She ain't dead. i mean the the show was amazing and um they were it's about clones i'm just not going to tell you more than that because you really should you really should watch it but last the last episode what they went through to preserve life, to give birth. They went through hell to have the, the, the one of her characters' babies be protected, be born, her child be protected. It was so pro-life. Talk about a wild character. That, one, that character the Russian was one? unbelievable. <laughs> she, she had such rage. Oh, man, that, that, 
that actress was awesome. She was a she was a true grizzly bear, Mama Grizzly, <laughs> to the core. She was no, she was like a Russian uh, KGB. <laughs> she was just like vicious. She was deadly. She had no qualms about it. She'd feel bad later. <laughs> she was killing bad people. I protect me, baby. <laughs> and the, the one scientist just told her how horrible person she was. She was an animal, and because they were going to take the babies away, and then she ends up killing her. Going, you're a bad mother. <laughs> oh, it's a great show. You should watch it. But I'm, I was so impressed. I applauded at the end how pro life it was, and how they stood. This this show would have never been created here in the United States of America. But it was. Well, it's BBC, BBC America is over here. I'm just so, I'm so shocked because I don't think ABC or any of them no, no, would have run it. Of course not. That's they would have run it. They Otherwise, they would have already. Yeah. yeah, they wouldn't do. They wouldn't have touched that with a ten foot pole. They're not going to. And for all the feminazis out there, it was truly a very very pro woman show. How real women are in life, not this crap you're trying to peddle. Everyone was unique um, and strong. No, not everyone was. No, there were some weren't. But like I said, it was a range of personalities. Not every not everyone was militant, and certainly not as deadly and uh, dangerous as that one Russian. Well, chick. I, but it's she a, was, and even the men, the, the men in the show. I mean, there was a homosexual one, and he was he was vicious too. I mean, he was protecting everybody. Yeah, Notice that her sexual male seemed like a homosexual too. <laughs> And it was amazing what uh, even the men involved, and there was quite a few men helping these women, went through what lengths they went yeah, to to protect they, the babies. They weren't manly at all. Well, and they protected those bills, babies. They did what they could. But like I said, you'll watch it. You know, it was British males. They've all been castrated. I mean, it's the way it is. They're, they're, they're all like touchy. It's just... That's what they want. What did you think? The progs figured that, thought of that themselves about metrosexual? No, that came out of England. They want to do it here because look how malleable. There's no men, really. They're not men like Billy Bob Swagger, you know, from Shooter. That's a man. These guys, these guys were, even their, even their demeanor, like the way they carried themselves seemed feminine. I, and I've already met immigrants from England tell me that's exactly what it's like over there. And uh, obviously, people that live there know. So, yeah, it's this is why we're trying not to let this happen here in America. We've already been partially castrated. We we got to stop this before it's over. Because otherwise, we'll never be able to stand up to anything. LifeSiteNews.com reported that Abby Johnson, a former Texas Planned Parenthood director who is now pro-life advocate, said that just because abortion is legal does not mean that people who have significant moral concerns with the taking of innocent life, as they believe abortion does, need to pay for it through their health insurance. But, but they do. If the insurance company has to pay for other women... It comes from the it comes from the money that the people that belong to the health plan give to the insurance company. They don't pay out of the goodness of their heart. It's money they've taken from insurance, and now they're paying off the insurance. That's how that works. And if taxpayer dollars goes to that insurance, that taxpayer dollars are funding abortions. Simple, 
simple. Don't complicate it because it's not complicated. Abortion advocates automatically go to the far reaches of hysteria and ask you me the worst with this kind of legislation that women won't be able to get abortions when they want them. Well, they shouldn't. When they need them, there's a difference. They need them want. Again, if you don't want to get pregnant, don't have sex. Uh, women have access to abortion, but those of us who believe it is the intentional ending of a human life shouldn't have to pay for it. Texas joins 10 other states, Idaho, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Indiana, and Utah in banning taxpayer funding for abortion. Good for those. Where's the other 40 states? Before you go on, we have our last one. Okay. We're going to go to break. Check Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. Welcome to the Red State Cafe. My name's Darla. You ready to order, sweetie? Your omelets are made with organic eggs, right? They come from a chicken's ass. That organic enough for you, sugar? Uh, what's your pork? Is it steroid-free? It is by the time Chef Earl is done with it, honey. Well, how about your chicken fried steak? That's made with free-range chicken, right? Free-range? We can't afford to give it away, darling. Look, I don't see it on the menu, but can you just make me a progressive omelet? <laughs> sugar, you're in the wrong restaurant. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the term lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober, and all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800 917 
Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813-800-215-6813-800-215-6813-800-215-6813. is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, hour half of three. Ugh. All right, from CNSNews.com. The Food and Drug Administration, unconstitutional, has demanded a fertility doctor halt all marketing on an unapproved IVF experiment in vitro, vertif- f- uh, vitro fertilization. Is that what that stands for? I think that's what it stands for. Unapproved IVF experiment that creates a human embryo by combining DNA from three separate people. In August 4th letter to John Zhang, the chief executive officer of Darwin Life and New Hope Fertility Center, the FDA reminded the fertility doctor that his request to run clinical trials on mitochondrial replacement technology, MRT, was denied because it would involve the intentional creation of a genetically modified embryo. Congress, since December 2015, prohibits the FDA from reviewing any applications for clinical experiments that use genetically modified human embryos. Additionally, creating a genetically modified human embryo is allowed only if federal funds are not used. But implementing a genetically modified human embryo within a human womb is against the law. To get around this law, Zhang created three DNA embryos for a woman who carries the gene for a rare neurological disorder and brought them to Mexico where he illegally implanted them in the mother. The mother gave birth to a boy in April of 2016. Zhang, who told CBS News, that the three DNA embryos were very revolutionary, submitted an application to the FDA to conduct further experimentation with MRT. The application was turned down, but the FDA's August letter stated that, in his application, Zhang agreed that he would not use the three-parent embryo technique in the United States. Isn't this exactly what they were doing with Orphan Black? Not exactly. But they were messing around with embryos and implanting in people. Genetically modified embryos, of course. Yes, well, well, you watch the show, Sue. I know, but I'm saying this is supposed to be science fiction. It's not. This is not supposed to be. This isn't science no, fiction. No, the, uh, the the TV show. Well, nobody's actually done with what they did in that TV show. Well, this is pretty damn close. No, it isn't even close. 
Despite that commitment, you continue to market MRT to prevent the transmission of mitochondrial disease and to treat infertility, the letter reads. The letter then went on to list multiple instances in which Dr. Zhang violated the FDA's regulations, asking him to right his wrongs. This letter is not intended to be an all-inclusive list of violations. It is your responsibility to ensure full compliance with the FD&C Act and that the PHS Act and their implementing regulations. The letter concludes. We request that you notify this office in writing of the steps you have taken, or will take, to address the violation noted above and to prevent reoccurrence, said the FDA. What does the letter mean? Oh, you said bad words to me. Oh, that's just do it. It's, it's like they have no power. We know better. But, 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 uh, just, uh, just say what you're wrong. So don't do it in the United States. Fine, I'll go back to Mexico. What? Well, we don't we don't believe in the FDA, but I don't believe in what this guy What are you talking doing? about? I believe in the FDA. It well, exists. I'm, I know, but it's unconstitutional. It, it's unconstitutional, but it exists. So I believe in it. But I don't. I don't like, have to believe it. I don't it's, like this messing around with this genetic stuff either. Ah, uh, well, they've been doing that for your whole life. You just didn't know. They've been working towards this in science for thirty years or more. How do you think they've guided all these breakthroughs? They've been working on it. Yeah, well, zombies come to mind. Zombies is due to an outbreak of a disease which has nothing to do with what we're talking about, and most scientists say that. It can't happen. Well, it has to do with mutations. But then again, how do you know? You know, and this is what he's doing. He's mutating mm, these embryos. Nope. Sorry. He's not creating zombies. Enough with the zombie. It's just a TV show. It's make-believe. I'm sure we'll have to find something that will escape. I'd probably think it was more along the line of... Uh, what was that chick went around? Violet? Violet? No, because it was the R. Resident Evil. The Resident Evil chick, yeah. There's one but more. That, there's a new one. The, but there's also the, the Violet one. There's there's another series with another woman. It was something Violet. But anyway, it's more along the lines of what Susan said. Uh, something like that could easily happen. Outbreaks, turning people into doing whatever. If you say that doesn't include eating people, well, bath salts have already done that. Yep. So, I mean, you no. got to accept the reality of it. It's already <laughs> people, happened. People don't remember bath salts. It hasn't been no, no, an incident. They stopped been... talking about it. I'm not convinced it hasn't been going on. I think they stopped talking about it. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it at all. Either that or it scared the crap out of people and nobody will go anywhere near it, which I... Which you would think would have with crystal meth, because that stuff is just toxic as hell. But they still do it. It's amazing. I mean, there's really nothing natural in it. It's a bunch of chemi- bad chemicals put together. All right. Debunking Mara one nap miss. Oh, Mary Jane. From Reuters. People who smoke marijuana have a three times greater risk of dying from hypertension or blood pressure, high blood pressure than those who have never used the drug side to say that Wednesday. Are you out of your mind? 
they, there's no end to the propaganda around marijuana. It's left over from the 50s. All propaganda, fear-mongering, nothing. Yes, I have smoked marijuana. And when I was young, I smoked a lot of marijuana. I mean, if you could overdose on it, I would have done it. And you can't. Sorry. I tried. Couldn't happen. But then I decided it was making me stupid, so I stopped doing it. But I got my intelligence back in a couple, in, a, in like a month or so. It's not like it's not permanent, but and it is not addictive. You'd have to have an emotional addiction to it. It, it, it is. There's no physical addiction to marijuana whatsoever. You can't overdose on it. It's a safe drug. It's not a gateway drug. It's just marijuana. You know, stop stop demonizing substances. Demonize behavior, not substances. And government shouldn't make laws to make us behave any way at all. That's not their job. We are free to behave any way we want, as long as we don't infringe on somebody else's rights while doing it. But of course, that's not the world we live in. It's the world we're supposed to live in. Legally, the law, Constitution, says so. But again, until we educate the populace, there's no solution. Convention of states can't work because it's just won't work. They're violating everything in the Constitution now. I could go, I could go clause by clause. It's it's ridiculous. So let's have a convention state. We're going to amend the Constitution to do what? To to fix what isn't broken. How about we enforce what's there first? And by the way, even if you did that, we would lose it without educating the people. There's no way to get the republic back it's impossible it requires an educated populace to be in control of the government not passive and just voting once every four years it's one of my pet peeves the, gr- the risk grows with every year of use they said again really there there are little girls that uh, that have seizures that Take that medication and it, it stops it. But the medication for modern medicine can't stop it. They turn to alternatives. They try it. And lo and behold. It's natural. It's it from works. God. It works. God doesn't make mistakes. Use everything judiciously. Use it properly. Don't abuse it. Just use it. That's what everything is here for. God didn't put it here because he didn't want it here. We've already killed off so many solutions to to illness with the burning of the rainforest and the destruction of the coral reefs. We'll never know what cures were there. Because all cures start in nature. Then Big Farmer tries to duplicate it chemically. It's never the same. It never works the same. Because it's not natural. It doesn't work. Synthetic doesn't work the same. There's 100,000 cabinoids in cannabis. Those are the things that affect people's health and make them better. It's not the THC. THC just gets you stoned, makes you hungry, so it's good for cancer patients. And so they have the Marinol pills that are pure liquid THC. It doesn't do anything for people with chronic diseases and uh, and such. And the poor, you know, poor girl with the uncontrolled seizures, uh, why should she have to continue to deal with un controlled seizures until she dies 
because you're afraid of marijuana. It's, I'm telling you, it, it is an irrational fear. It's a phobia. And Christian conservatives are the worst. It'll unwind the, unravel the fabric of society. No, you don't want to, you know what has unraveled the fabric of our society? Not allowing us to have freedom, liberty, which you are saying is the opposite. You have no right to tell people what they can and cannot do with their own bodies. You have no power over substances unless you amend the Constitution, period. I don't give a crap about your feelings. I don't give a crap because you're a Christian you think you should be opposed to drugs. Uh, by the way, the same drugs are used to treat people in the hospital. Nobody uses cocaine in the hospital. Uh, lidocaine comes to mind. You go to the dentist, don't you? Lidocaine is made from cocaine. What's the matter? Morphine. I, I gave morphine to my cardiac patients. Why? No, it's not to get them messed up or relaxed or any of that nonsense. It's to, it's to prevent the damage to the heart cells. That's the purpose of it. It's also used pain in rare cases like in, uh, well, I don't know. They never gave, they never would give it to me for people in pain. So I, I wasn't allowed to use it for pain. Well, I did. I used it for pain, and, and that was the first... Well, the that... doctors prescribed it. Uh, the doctors that worked for us just wanted to take them to the emergency room. Right, and it was very important, and you actually did a lot of research on this, that um, especially after surgery, that they would get the most pain um, medication. Well, actually, what they said was give them morphine for at least three Two days. Two days, right. At least. And it is it is not... It's addictive. three to five days, and it's not addictive. And that's one thing that you came but across... But if you don't do it, the person will end up with ghost pain for the rest of their lives because the nerve got over, the nerves got overexcited and once that happens, it just, you just constantly feel it. And that's one thing that you and I both have, have encountered as convincing these patients they were not going to get addicted to morphine. Yeah. I was a New York city paramedic <laughs> and uh, Susan was a nurse and she has her bachelor's degree in nursing. That's right. Not just an RN with two years, four years of education. But it was a, it was a kind of a battle to say no. You you need this for now, and we're going to decrease the type of pain medication as you're getting better. You know, and and cardiac patients of my cardiac. Really important too. is if you don't do this, like I said, for the rest of their lives, doctors don't do not. I do not know how they live with themselves. That they think it's okay not to give because they're afraid of the government. Do you realize how many treatments I gave patients that the doctors wouldn't allow? I did it anyway. I didn't care. Fire me. I'm not letting someone suffer or die just because a doctor who takes the job doesn't want to do the job. It just wants to say constantly, yep, just transport. Yep, just transport. Yep, just transport. No, it's someone who can't breathe. Think about this. Five minutes to the hospital, even five minutes to the hospital. You can't breathe. You have asthma. You can't breathe. For five minutes, you can't breathe properly. That's ridiculous to put someone through that. They might not even live to the hospital. And if they were already, you know, weak, they might have a heart attack from it. But, oh, the doctor's worried about his license. You should have worried about your license before he took the money to take the job, dude. Your job is to Give me what I ask for when I ask for it for the appropriate patient. But if you're not going to do that, I'll do it anyway because I know what to do. I don't need you.
But that's how we were trained. We didn't really need a doctor for anything. We explained. We just gave the doctor what he needed to hear to give us what we need, what we wanted over and above standing orders. And we already had to do all that without the doctors. Just a formality because they wanted to have control. They didn't want to lose, like, let us just loose on the street. Nine months of school, eight hours a day, five days a week, and then... Every doctor ran us through scenarios, and we had to work through those scenarios with the doctor to even graduate. Why? Uh, see, again, it's just protecting their brand. That's all it is. But I got to go. This has been the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're out of With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.